Blog Talk Radio. Kane is in the building. And good afternoon, everybody. It's now 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening, and it's Mother's Day on top of it all here on Southern Sports Center. We want to send our love and thoughts and prayers to all those mamas who are giving it all, who are working double, triple, quadruple jobs and doing whatever it takes to take care of these young people (laughs) in their lives. And, uh, again, the sacrifices that you ladies have made to see so much of the, I guess I'd say the positive stuff come out of these young men and women are quite frankly amazing. You are the definite true MVPs of the show here today. And without further ado, I want to give my mom, Kathy, uh, a big hello and a uh, virtual high five. I got a chance yesterday to spend with her. Uh, and uh, boy, it was as, uh, it's as good as it gets, man. Uh, you know, because we do get busy at 42. You know, I understand what it means to be just wide open uh, for that to be said. And of course, she lives two and a half hours away from me and be able to spend a couple of hours with her, give her some flowers, a card, and some things uh, to just show her a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of I appreciate it. Because through all, all of my things and all the ladies uh, in my younger days and older days that I, of course, dated or what have you, she's the only one since day one that has stood by my side. Doesn't matter what's going on. I might not be at my best. I might not be right. And she would tell me I'm not right. But she has stood through it all with me, and I want to thank her uh, for her time and everything that she's given me uh, day after day. Now, without further ado, I'm, of course, Richie Altman. We're going to bring in Eugene Benton here for our Mother's Day special as we're down and out on the road virtually at the Fort. Of course, Fort Dorchester High School is our feature today for Campus Tour 2020. And, uh, of course, Eugene, I want to give you a chance to speak highly about your mom. I know she's uh, had to put all the the ins and outs and cross the T's, dot the I's, and uh, everything in between, big guy. Yeah, no doubt, man. I uh, went over and had dinner. I actually made dinner for her at her house last night and my dad. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, I went a little overboard, you know, because, you know, it's Mother's Day, and she should be able to take the day off. I actually packed up in a box my own plates and bowls and everything else and everything to cook with just so she wouldn't have any type of mess to clean up. And so I packed up all the food to cook over at her house, packed up all the dishes, all the bowls, everything I could use to cook so that when uh, when we were done eating, you know, we could actually spend some quality time. And I just told my dad, you know, I asked my dad to help me just pack all the dirty stuff back in the box. So I'll wash it when I get home. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great meal. I did some experimenting, some engineering in the kitchen, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it was a great time. Unfortunately, it ended abruptly with uh, some bad news and, and, and some things going on. Uh, around around us but um you know it's great time and uh my mom being who she is you know the first thing this morning she gets up she she texts me and says you know hey man uh, you know hey hey i'm just thinking of you son i love you you know i'm so sorry what's going on is there anything i can do for you you know and it's her day you know she's asking what she can do but that's that's mom's man i also yeah. um <clears throat> you know i got up and i was thinking i sent a i sent a text message to the moms of uh of, of all the kickers i trained i just said you know Thank you, ladies, for raising wonderful gentlemen. You know, it's, it's a blessing and a pleasure to coach these guys and, and train these guys, you know, and so much of it is, is to what you put in them. They're all respectful, hardworking young men. That's a reflection on you as a mom and just 
thank you so much for all you do and for allowing me to be a part of their lives. So kind of how I started my day this morning. Well, let's get into a little bit of uh, what the conversation Eugene's talking about. A couple of weeks back, about three weeks ago, we had Coach Nate on, of course. He's one of the coaches over at Oceanside, and uh, he shared his story. He's battled with cancer. And, uh, again, this is a very dangerous time for those who, who need certain medical attention, who are very prone to uh, anything that comes in contact with them. And, of course, unfortunately, at this point, uh, we need to keep our prayers up for uh, – the entire Oceanside family uh, with Coach Nate, his family, and anybody who's come in contact with Coach Nate knows this right off the rip. He's a five-star guy way before he hits a football field, a radio broadcast, or anything that he's ever done. Uh, I've had the blessing to talk to him a couple of times and then, of course, interview him here on the radio about a month ago, and uh, I feel very blessed to get that opportunity. As you can tell, I'm a little bit more emotional than, than, than some guys may or may not be, but when, when God gives me the chance, to speak to somebody like that, I just say thank you. And, uh, you know, I know he's not um, where a lot of us want him to be right now, but I can promise you that he's going somewhere, that the Lord is going to put him at the highest of the highs, and he's going to do some great things. And and that's a hard thing for us to swallow is is because we are selfish, we are self-indulged, we want what we want, and and what we need to understand is we want what's best for that individual. Of course, Coach Nate has left a legacy, not just at Oceanside, not just, the little time he's spent here on Southern Sports Central, but anywhere he's ever put a footprint, he's done just that. He's left a footprint. And on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, uh, Eugene, uh, for me to you, brother, and uh, all the coaches who have uh, who have who, who have introduced us, I, I say thank you for that opportunity to be a part of his life. Because without that connection, to Oceanside, that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, and forgive me if I have to take pauses here. Just uh, you know, it was um we kind of thought this might be coming after, after, uh, Friday, but, uh, Thursday I spent about five hours with him. I helped him to get onto a zoom meeting with coach call. He was having, you know, a, a better day. He actually went to uh, the parade to see the graduates and he got really weak and had to sit down a couple of times. And, uh, coach call, you know, was like, wow, you know, he, he looked good out here, but you know, it, I, I looking back that that may have been his last hurrah. And he just wants to see those, uh, 20 seniors come through the line, and uh, it was a big deal to him. But, you know, I, I spent that time with them. We watched videos. We watched the uh, – there was an athlete who played uh, either offensive line or defensive line at Southern Cal, and his sister had a cancer, and he donated marrow. And that was the um, that was the treatment that Nate was, uh, going, was, was trying to get in July from one of his sons. <laughs> but he had to pass these tests to be able to get to it. And then um, – so we watched football videos. We talked football. We talked life. But, you know, you mentioned something. You said, you know, a legacy here on the radio. And to be honest, um, I may have mentioned this to you. Uh, the last home basketball game that Oceanside had uh, was, I believe, against uh, Woodland or, or Timberland or, or somebody. I, I can't even remember, honestly, right now. I think it was Woodland. Um, and that was to go, you know, to the next game was the lower state championship against Whale Branch, which unfortunately we lost. But, Anyway, um, after the game, that was the only game he got to attend. And after the game, he said, hey, buddy, can you give me a ride home? Um, I said, sure. You know, let, let's finish what we're doing here. Let's hop in the truck. Well, we turned it on ESPN. You know, we're, we're cruising over to take him home and listening to sports and talk about this or that. And he said, you know, you should be on the radio. You should go on that show with your brother, man. You should be on the radio. You really should. And I was like, are you, you know, kind of like, you know, where's this coming from? And he said, no, nah, listen, to it. you know, you know so much about all this stuff. And he said, you really should be on the radio. I said, all right, well, I'll think about it. 
and um, took him home, talked to you, Richie, and, and said, hey, man, you know, I think let's do this. And then I texted him, and he said, yeah, I think you should do it. And I texted him back, and I said, all right, we're going to do it. And when I was sitting with him Thursday, he, he smiled, and he said, you know, some guy influenced you to get on the radio, and I think that was a pretty smart guy. I'm glad you listened to him. <laughs> and, you know, we just kind of laughed for a few minutes about it and, you know, got back to, uh, you know, football talk and players coming up at, at Oceanside. And, you know, and he told me, he said his goal was to get this transfusion, and he wanted to be on the practice field in August. And uh, right. that was his goal. That was Thursday of last week. And then um, Friday he had a little bit of a procedure done and, you know, some things didn't go so well. And, you know, over the weekend it took a turn for the worse. And um, But, you know, he, he's still fighting. You know, his nurse texted me a little while ago and said, you know, he has his quote-unquote boxing gloves on. Um, for those that might be listening that I haven't been able to text or reach out to, uh, you know, he, they've, they've have removed some of this stuff. And uh, he's on comfort medication at this point. Um, and while the doctors and, and everyone thinks that, you know, we, we could be you know, today or tomorrow, we all know that God has a bigger hand and, and is more powerful than anything. You know, miracles happen every day, you know, and, and it might be a miracle that he's back with these kids or it might be that God, you know, has has a, something else for him and uh, brings him home. And, you know, whatever it is, that that part's not for us to question, you know, what we're supposed to do, and even though as hard as it is, is to uh, thank God for the time we had him. And uh, I know he's touched so many kids and coaches in the program, man. And, um, you know, he's got such a great staff there at MUSC. I can't give a, a big enough thanks to, to Nurse Kelly <clears throat> for keeping us all updated. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, starting about 1 o'clock today, she came in at noon, <clears throat> and uh, she gave me her cell phone number, and I was sending it to certain players. And Nate's now unresponsive, but um, they were sending her text messages, you know, letters from each from certain players, you know, certain players did that. And uh, she stood in his room and she read those text messages to him today. And, uh, you know, I just can't say enough about them and also the Powells. You know, Brian and Margaret, Nate's been living with them since about November. And, you know, they've been providing around-the-clock care for them and getting them to hospitals and, and doctor's appointments as well as many other individuals. I, I know the Gauls family and the DeVos, you know, myself, the other sure. coaches, you know, Greer, Jackson. It didn't matter, man. Everybody – you know, in the coaches' chat, it was like, all right, who's got Nate? You know, I mean, it was just – it's been such a, a community um, care deal. And, but but there are some individuals, like I said, you know, the Powells and uh, especially Nurse Nurse Kelly for all that they've done. It's just been – it's been so so powerful. Um, but, you know, his, his legacy does live on, man. You know, I, I, and I'm sure everyone cherishes those Nate Strong shirts. You know, I think the kids – see that you know you don't get knocked down and just give up you know Nate's fought for two years you know if they have to fight something in their life for two years you know may they may they be blessed with his strength to do it um my brother I can tell you one thing I know it's a hard thing for you guys and 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 I'm uh we're gonna we're gonna try to maybe get into a little bit more if we can throughout today's show uh Eugene and if it gets to a point where you need to break loose brother that's the reason I didn't make you come up to the studio today I said you know what stay there and I'll handle out things over here at the factory sports and fitness training studios, and, and we'll kind of get things together here. Uh, and then if need be, and God sees fit, and you come back up here on Tuesday, then so be it. But I needed you to be there, and that way if you need to break loose, you, you can do that. 
Um, you know, I'm going to play a song here in just a minute. As you guys know, we do commercials live on the air reads, but we run music through our breaks. And here's, a, I think, a pretty good song that's going to kind of touch a lot of you guys because there's a lot of us down here that are that maybe you guys are, are hurting or whatnot. So we'll, we'll get that going in here in a minute. But before we go to break, I do want to say we are on a campus tour today, even though we're going to talk a few other headlines, but we are focused on the fort, no doubt about it, here at the Campus Tour 2020. Uh, we're going to get the principal – Yep, he's going to check in here with us at 6.30. Mr. Trip Aldridge will join us here at 6.30 uh, for about 30 minutes. And then the coach, also the athletic director, Coach Steve LaPrade is going to join us for the second time this time, of course, uh, to talk to us about, you know, life as the athletic director and a football coach. This is kind of an unheard thing that we don't get a chance to see as much as we'd like to. We have had some athletic directors and coaches of football programs on and soccer, but we also, of course, uh, we're always interested. He's one of the uh, pioneers of the sport of football, high school Friday nights. And, uh, of course, he uh, has got quite a legacy that he's leaving uh, day after day, doing great things, not just at one sport, but all the sports. I mean, this is a coach that shows up to band things, to soccer things, to football, to baseball. I've never been to an event where the fort's not there and he's not showing up to show support. Uh, and then, how about this? We head to the track and field, but with Jasmine Quinn. Now, she was a huge track star at the fort back in the day. Then she ran track over, of course, at Kentucky. And if I'm not mistaken, in the summers, uh, month, years back, she ran uh, for the Olympics. So we're going to talk to her about all of this accomplishments. But yet, remember where you come from? Her and I had this conversation uh, a few days ago, and she was all but open-armed, ready to come on the air and talk about her days at Fort Dorchester. And she'll talk about the things that she learned at Fort and how that transpired into her days in the Olympics and her days on the track at Kentucky. Now, again, uh, it, it's total determination, and it is a ton of, I would say, discipline to run track. I don't never ran track, but I, we've talked to a few along the way, and it's been quite an interesting ride. So uh, we may check in with a few other individuals at the fort while we're here with our virtual campus tour. The baseball coach, we've reached out to him. Hopefully Coach Sears can find some time to jump in. We've also got some other, another uh, one or two alumni that may jump in here, and then maybe some uh, seniors that may jump in with us as well. Just a quick break, guys. It'll be a very quick break. We'll come back. We'll get you set up for the principal to join us at 630. But again, we're going to take a quick moment of silence uh, for Coach Nate, and uh, we are hashtagging it, uh, Nate Strong here at Southern Sports Central. But this song is for those guys and girls, the teachers, the coaches, the parents, the players, the medical staff that has done such a great job of taking care of a man. who These coaches take care of our athletes day in and day out. They love on our kids day in and day out. And sometimes, you know, maybe we need to slow down and make sure that they're loved on. And you guys have done a great job there, uh, of course, with, uh, with, with Coach Nate. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central with a moment of silence for Coach Nate. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Mitch Elman, live here on Southern Sports. And, of course, that song dedicated to not just Coach Nate, but all those who uh, are just there trying to do whatever mentally they can do. But also through prayer, everything is possible, guys. And and I know it's tough. I want to say uh, to uh, the family that's been keeping him not only safe and under their roof, but making sure that he's as comfortable as he can be, that to me is, is some of the most honorable things you could ever do, is, is to open your house to someone and to, to love on them. Uh, you know, and to be there for them, uh, for the coaches. Guys, I, I know you guys personally. I, I know your hearts are heavy and uh, your eyes probably as well. And uh, just know that we're here for you. Anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate. For uh, Nate's family, uh, and that means Oceanside family as well. Guys, we're here. Uh, anything we can do, I'm here. Whatever I can do um, is there. There's a lot of coaches right now that are dealing with things. We know the athletic director over there, that Wando is dealing with some health issues as well. We know there's a coach, I believe, up in Greer that's dealing with some health issues as well. And, you know, we've seen, you know, so much. 2020 has not been a year that we want to remember, to be quite honest with you. Uh, yeah, this has been a very tough start. I mean, halfway through the year. That's right. We're halfway through. We get through this month and into June, and we're looking six months in the rearview mirror, and it has not been – what we thought it would probably be. I know a lot of people like to get out of one year and hoping that this year is going to be that year, but uh, that has not been the case. Uh, And and as sad as it is and and as tough as it is, um, you you know, you want to remember the good times. Again, Coach Nate did a lot of great things. I know Eugene just shared us uh, with a lot of uh, just just powerful things uh, that a lot of coaches do. And these coaches are always there for our kids. These coaches are there for us in, in ways that, quite frankly, you know, we don't realize the hours that they give to our kids. Well, guess where they're coming from? 
that's coming from their families. That's coming from their, their, their lives that, that they have outside of the sports world. You know, when these coaches quit coaching, uh, you know, back in about December for high school in January, you know, it's a small window of opportunity for them to catch back up seven, eight, nine months of loss that they've had with their family. So, you know, when, when you see a coach down and out like this, you just – your heart goes out to him because, you know, he's focused on what? He's not focused on, on, on anything. He was focused on getting back on that field. That was what he told Eugene. Hey, I'm going to get back on this field. He wasn't focused on what he needed to do. He's focused on Eugene coming on the radio. And that's what good people do. Good people lift others up and, and, and do that because they realize that, that that's what they're called here to do. You know, men lifting each other men up, women lifting each other up, all of us holding each other accountable here and, um, you know, yes, we have a campus tour that we're focused on here today, but I wanted to kind of give uh, Coach there uh, his, his opportunity to speak about a young man or a gentleman who has made a big impact on his life. But uh, we do have a lot going on today. We will visit with the principal from Fort Dorchester. Uh, Mr. Tripp Aldridge will join us at 630. And this is going to be a good conversation because his energy on social media, very similar to last week's principal, by the way, principal number two that's been in my office uh, in 2020. That being said, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to, to have this conversation with him about his campus, about, you know, again, Eugene said it last week when we were uh, doing the show, where this is that one time that these principals get a chance to shake the hands of these students and say, congratulations, you made it. These principals you know, a lot of them live through a lot of the issues that these students have. Not a principal in sight wants to see their students fail. And I don't care what, as a student, you know, it's funny, right? If you're, you know, graduated high school and a little bit more mature down the road, you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't know why I thought they didn't want me to pass. That's dumb. But that's a true fact. They, they don't want to see anybody left behind. You know, I know I've known principals to take kids home. I've known principals to make house calls. I've known principals to do whatever they had to do, buy groceries and put in people's houses. It happens. But they're not the principals that are going to go out to the news media and tell them that that's what they're doing because they don't do it for the show. They do it for the reason. And I think that's something that I'm excited to talk to uh, Mr. Tripp about what he does because it seems every bit of his heart pours out through social media, pours out through the hallways at Fort Dorchester. The success that they have, not only on the football field and the baseball and the softball field and the track and field and every field that you can imagine, but it's that success that they continue to focus and face there in the hallway. It's something that I have a lot of respect for him and his programs or what he puts together over there as well. Of course, like I mentioned, at 7 o'clock, he doesn't speak much on the radio and he doesn't get a lot of TV time because he spends a lot of time on the field. And I use that word with an S because he is the athletic director and the head football coach for, uh, you know, for quite some time over at Fort Dorchester. And that is Coach Steve LaPrade joins us at 7. Very similar conversation with him. And I want to ask him, hey, what's, what's it like? I mean, you're, 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 you're kind of one of a few of head coaches in football, that it's also an athletic director. You know, you also have seen this program go from one end to the other end, and you continue to do great things on the football field, but you're a part of the success that you see day in and day out. Of course, you know, Mr. Pratt, you know, his wife, we wish her a, a happy Mother's Day today as well, but uh, she's put up with this for quite some time. You know, she sacrifices the time and the energy and all the efforts there that, that, that her husband has to give to not just one sport, but every sport at Fort Dorchester. So I can only imagine, and we're going to ask him about his to-do list, and hopefully about to done because he's been home. And, uh, you know, sometimes they may grow a little bit. I'm not sure. Uh, so, of course, we'll talk to Coach Pratt and kind of talk about how he's handling this offseason with his football team. And uh, I do know there's a lot of guys, oh, boy, 
uh, there's a lot of guys working, and they're working hard. I see them working hard. I run into about five or six of them a couple of times during the week, and I'm real proud of watching these guys and girls working outside the lines, not waiting on somebody telling them what to do, where to go, and how to do it. And so for me, uh, you know, it is a big thing uh, to see athletes kind of step up and step out and do the right thing. And sometimes it takes some of their dads to do that. I know uh, one in particular, uh, Mr. Otis over there, has gotten a handful of guys that are working hard, and, and he brings out their weight training. And man, he separates them. He makes them distance. He yells at them at time to time because you know, his kids kind of like to, like to gel back together. That's what they're used to huddling up. But he makes sure he, with that deep voice, he pushes them apart. So um, I, I congratulate, you know, uh, the dads and the moms and the families that are continuing to push. Uh, you know, what's going on to make sure that these kids are staying in shape. And then talking about being in shape, boy, Jasmine uh, Quinn is, is number one, you know, one of the fastest young ladies to run here in the low country. And she did it at Fort Dorchester, then ran her way to Kentucky and has got some Olympic experience. But, you know, we're looking forward to hearing from her at 8 o'clock. She's going to check into uh, the show about 8 o'clock from Orlando, Florida, if I'm not mistaken, where she's at. Unless she's home. I'm not sure if she's home. Of course, her brother's Robert Quinn, who – uh, is now, I believe, a Chicago Bear. So we'll, we'll maybe talk a little football with it. What's it like being in the house with the Quinn family? I mean, these guys are these are athletes. I mean, just born, bred, and fed, just ready to run and do big things on any field they step on. So uh, I'm curious who's faster. Is it Jasmine? Is it Robert? We'll, we'll find that answer out as well. Now, if you're an athlete over Fort Dorchester, you're a senior athlete, especially a senior athlete. Not that we don't love the underclassmen, but uh, those senior athletes, we'd like to hear from you today. You can call at any time. We'll get you in here, trust and promise. We'll hear, we'd love to hear from anybody that's an athlete at Fort Dorchester. Come on in, hang out. This is your tour. This is your campus. And we appreciate everybody, you know, allowing us to do this virtual tour. Once we get the bands lifted, we're going to come back on campus. And we've been there before, by the way. We were at the uh, school a couple times this past season. And I was there for uh, your signing day with a couple of your big men. That One went to Navy, one went to Georgia Tech. So uh, and that was an invitation. So I appreciate that as well. But call in right now, 323-784-9681. Again, the number to call in is 323-784-9681. We'd love to hear from you here today. Of course, uh, there's a lot going on. We are going to head to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get the principal all mic'd up, suited up, ready to rock and roll. And that's the one and only Principal Trip Aldridge joins us next right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
everybody. I'm Rich Yeldon alongside the coach, Eugene Bitten, coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina, the Factory Sports and Training Fitness Center. We are excited. Fitness Center is back up and running, but it's only by appointment. So you got to give the guys a shout to set up that one-on-one opportunity. The number to call in, 843-573-7391. Again, that number to reach out to the guys over at the factory is 843-573-7391. Nine one, and now we head to the Tent Farm Hotline, and we got the principal online with us. First of all, we say um, happy Sunday, uh, Mr. Principal Trip Aldridge. Welcome to Southern Sports Central, sir. Thank you, Richie. Glad to be here with you. I want to start by saying uh, happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. Yes, sir. We love it. Hey, and I'm going to tell you something. If we have not loved them, we need to love them a little bit more because they're mothers, they're teachers, they're, they're a little bit of everything, right? I mean, now that the schools are shut down, these mamas are playing quadruple duties, huh? Amen to that. The, uh, the mothers have definitely shown us uh, that we can't do this without them. And so uh, a lot of us are feeling really special about our moms right now. No doubt. I got a chance yesterday. I'm originally from uh, Myrtle Beach, Mr. Aldridge. So I, my mom actually brought my kids back up from the Grand Strand yesterday. So I got a chance to spend one-on-one with her. And the older I get, man, the hugs get a little bit longer. <laughs> She's kind of looked at me That's and said, right. like, what's the matter with you? I was like, look, I, I, I've learned nothing else that COVID-19 has taught me that tomorrow is never promised. But um, you have done a great job over at the fort you know, boy, before this situation. But Watching what you guys are doing, and I know a bunch of your athletes that speak high praises of you and your, your your faculty, and did you realize how many of these kids actually do love you? You've seen that in a lot of voicemails, I'm sure, in a lot of uh, – in the social media world. I do. I do. Sometimes as principal, I, I don't uh, always get to hear the good stuff, uh, but it's it's been great. And our students have reached out and, and just embraced not, – not just me. Um, there's a lot more people on the front lines, our teachers, our coaches, um, that, that helped them in so many ways. And, you know, just to see the love, we call it the Fort family. And the students are reaching out, um, making contact and expressing their gratitude for everything that the teachers did last week being Teacher Appreciation Week. Uh, we just heard so many great things. And um, it just made my heart overflow to, to see uh, everybody speak out and, and acknowledge what the teachers were doing for them and, and how much the students recognized it. And as you mentioned, in, in this particular time, being out for the COVID-19 and, and everything that we're dealing with that, that nobody knew how to plan for, um, I think it's even that much more special. No doubt about it there. We're live right now. The principal, the man in charge over there at the Fort, Fort Winchester's own, Mr. Tripp Alders, joins us here for our Spotlight 2020, our campus tour, if you will, virtually. Everything is kind of virtual at this point uh, when it comes to uh, these interviews. But uh, first of all, 
I want to tell you, we appreciate you being willing to come on and, and letting us introduce the rest of the world, the rest of the community, not just here in South Carolina, but all of our listeners across the country as they tune in on a Sunday night on Mother's Day, uh, exactly who is the Ford. So I'm going to kind of let you introduce, for those who we're, we're well aware football-wise who the Ford is, you guys do a great job, but there's so many other sports. Oh, by the way, your test scores are really uh, at, at the top notch, and you guys are putting out some academic scholarships that are quite impressive. Kind of introduce the fort to the rest of the listeners, if you don't mind, Mr. Eldridge. Sure, Richie. I, you know, um, I think that your listeners probably do know us as an athletic powerhouse, um, football, and, and really across the board, uh, we've got great teams. Um, but we're just so proud of our school as a whole. Um, you know, one of the things that I preach in the school is that being involved is the only way to be. And so I, I want the students to, to find their, their tribe, if you will, their group, find their niche, and, and get out there and get involved so we can allow them to explore their talents and see what they're great at. And they, you know, obviously, you know, we have good football players in our school, but we have incredible actors at our school. Um, we have musicians. We have a mock trial group uh, that goes out and competes every year. And, uh, you know, for the last 20 years has, has been a perennial finalist in the mock trial competition in the state. Our robotics team, um, not only is our robotics team uh, one of the best in South Carolina, they're so confident in what they do that they come alongside other teams and help boost them up, uh, step in and, and help other schools that are struggling and, and show them the way so they can explore the successes that our group has. And so there's just so many, um, you know, brilliant students that are brilliant in their own way, whether it's academically, um, artistically, athletically, um, whatever their inclination is, we really want to nurture that, find a way to, to show the students those opportunities, help guide them and nurture um, what they're doing. And so um, we're a super diverse school, uh, students with interest in all areas, and, and, and they shine in all of those areas. And so there's not a, not a week that goes by that, that we're not showcasing uh, a different student for something that they do so well um, and, and accolades that they were able to go out and achieve. And, and we want to be the place that, that nurtures that and helps them to grow in those areas. Well, Mr. Aldridge, I think we may have uh, lost Richie there. Can you hear me? I hear you now. Yeah. Okay, great. We may have lost him for for a second there. So, and and I, something I heard you say about the uh, this year, uh, coach Eugene, by the way. Um, you know, you you mentioned the uh, the robotics team. There was a a competition at Trident uh, back in early February, and my son actually attends Academic Magnet, and he uh, was competing for Academic Magnet Science Team. Uh, they ended up coming in second place to. Uh, to Fort D, and you know he's looking at me like you know because he's he's such a, a science and math kid. And he's like, man, those guys are really good over there. And uh, so congratulations on your science team uh, coming in first place in the. Uh, it's like in all Low Country schools. I think it was about thirty or forty schools within the Low Country, and uh, your science team winning first place and knocking off uh, my son's uh, academic magnet team in, in the science competition. That's a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah, uh, we're super proud of the team that was over at the Quest competition, um, like you said, with all the low country schools at, at Trident, um, and, and our science team popped up there in first place. Of course, um, you know, to, to be there shoulder to shoulder 
um, gives us a reality check when we go up against groups like Academic Magnet. You know, they're known as one of the top top schools in the country. And, um, you know, as as you said, we've got talented students at our school, and, and we're able to hang in there and, and go toe-to-toe with them. So we were super proud of our kids that day um, on the science team and all the teams that competed at the at the Quest competition there. Yeah, they had so many different fields, but I just that one stuck out to me, you know, because my son was competing in, in that field. And, you know, he's like, Dad, it was a Dorchester school. And I said, you know, I'm asking around, they're like, which one, which one? And uh, so when they did the awards, I was like, wow, you know, that's pretty good achievement there. You know, because like you said, you know, while a lot of times the football team gets a lot of the Fort D glory, there's so many other, uh, you know, teams, you know, athletics and then the academics, like you said, the musicians, the actors. Uh, I'm in the legal field, so hearing that mock trial team actually is uh, pretty exciting to me. But, uh, you know, good job with that. And um, so if you could, until we can get Richie back on, I know one of the questions we always ask the principals here, um, you know, like you said, you know, the students were able, the seniors were were able to be featured, you know, talk a little bit about that, you know, and, uh, you know, the senior class and what you guys were able to put together for them. So we have been, um, well, as everybody says, you can't turn on the the TV or the radio uh, nowadays and not hear about these unprecedented times and these uncharted waters that, that we're all going through, uh, not just in education, but, but all of our lives. Um, But certainly in education, this has been a big deal. And, and my heart has just been broken for our seniors and what they thought they were going to have for the end of their senior year, those rites of passage um, that so many uh, students go through, um, you know, many of the memories that they would carry with them uh, for all of their life uh, may have been lost or they certainly will be different um, because of the times that we're in. And so we've been working super hard behind the scenes. I, I know we hear lots of chatter uh, from the community and and we see stuff on the news every day about what are we doing or we did this great or we handled that terribly. Uh, But we promise that our head and our heart is in the right place and, and we're trying to to do the best for our students. So uh, one of the, one of the chores that would normally happen when we meet with our seniors during the school day and talk about the upcoming graduation is passing out their caps and gowns, their uh, graduation announcements and, and other uh, various regalia for graduation. Um, and so we know we needed to set up a date to have that out. And we surprised our seniors with a, with a big block party. Uh, we had DJ Big Sexy, who's uh, one of the coaches at our school. Uh, he came out and, and was playing the tunes in the parking lot. And, um, you know, just dozens of our teachers were there on hand. And we tried our best to stay socially distanced and, and be safe. But we wanted to be there for this drive-through that the seniors were doing to pick up their materials. And, and just celebrate them and let them know how important it was and to see their faces light up when they saw their teachers. Um, you know, and it's a day-to-day thing. Um, you know, I think parents can relate on the day-to-day. You know, your child's face might always might not always light up when they see you. You might be fussing about cleaning that room or doing what they need to do. Um, it's the same thing in school. You don't realize uh, what you have on the day-to-day, but when we've been separated and been, so, been apart for so long, um, it was a big thing to see um, – to see the students when, when they saw their teachers or when we were dancing or having a great time, they, they forced me to play the drum set for a little while and, and have a good time with the tunes that were jamming. And so just great time uh, getting photographs. We gave them chalk. We've got a, a senior week celebration coming up this week, um, and we're going to ask them to, to draw their decision uh, on one day next week. I believe it's on Thursday. We're going to ask them to go out on their sidewalk and, and talk about what they're doing for the future, draw a picture, write it out on the sidewalk, 
take pictures, blast social media. Um, and so the last stop was to give them their chalk and, and, and snap a photo with them and, uh, and make sure that uh, we could celebrate them that day. So that was just an awesome time for us uh, having the students uh, surprised when they came out to campus to pick up their gear last week. We're live right now on the 10 Farm Hotlines with the principal from Fort Dorchester, his very own Trip Alders joins us. Uh, yeah, Mr. Alders, again, Eugene, great job catching in there, of course. So he and I are in different places with this whole social distancing, uh, Mr. Alders. So we're trying to do our part to, to give everybody what they need. But uh, I will commend you on that because I saw the bus, I believe, and the parking lot painted and uh, the vibe that you guys are getting. And this is where, you know, who knew? I mean, I knew. But, but these teachers, you guys are pretty creative. Talk to us about what's been the biggest struggle, though, when it comes to getting – I saw a report come out a while back about how many kids in the state of South Carolina that maybe have yet to make contact uh, with uh, the administration or with the teacher. Uh, your thoughts on that or, or any feedback that you can give us on that from the principal side of things when it comes to a student who may have struggled to get in touch with uh, anyone since that first day that they've been sent home? Sure. Well, I guess, you know, I'd start out by, by just setting a frame of reference. You know, sadly enough, we have students when, when things are normal and, and we're in school every day, we have students that don't make it to school on a daily basis. Um, there, there's all kinds of struggles going on out there, and we may not hear from a student for, for a day or, or a week or more. Um, and, and honestly, in a school our size, that's, that's several students that we go through that situation with. So, um, you know, we knew that it was important. Um, to show our students, uh, you know, number one, we do care and we need to get a hold of them. And it's important that we're checking up first on their well-being. And secondly, that, that we're pushing them in their education. We want them to finish strong and, and try to make sure that they make all the ground they need to make um, in their education this year. So we knew we had to find our students and reach out to them, whatever avenue that could be, whether it was a phone call, text, email, a lot of our digital resources, we use Microsoft Teams or Zoom meetings or uh, different ways to connect. Um, but I can tell you that since we have been out um, at least once, we have contacted all of our 2,300 students um, at Fort Dorchester wow. High School. We've been in contact with every one of them. And unfortunately, it, it's not been consistent for every one of them, and maybe as often as we would like. Um, some of them, it, it's great. We, we talk or connect almost every day. Uh, for, for others, it's less often, and, and sadly, for some, uh, it is a struggle. Um, and so the normalcy for some of our students and families uh, comes from being at school. And when we're not doing our usual routine and being at school, um, they really struggle with what's going on in their lives. But uh, we know we have connected with all of them at least once. We've tried really hard. Our teachers have really stepped up. Um, we put some systems in place where <clears throat> they can let us know if, if, a, if a student uh, stops responding and they're not able to get a hold of them, uh, they forward that on. And we use our other resources through our counseling department, through our administrators at the school to reach out and try to connect. So we're really happy with, with how that's been going and the fact that we know that um, we've kind of got our finger on, on what's going on with most of our kids and, and that they're safe and they're well and, uh, and that they're able to continue on with their schoolwork for the most part. Live right now, their principal, the man in charge over there running the Ford is uh, Mr. Trip Aldridge uh, joins us here on Southern Sports Central for our focus 2020 on the Campus Tour 2020 on Southern Sports Central. Uh, Mr. Aldridge, uh, looking at some of the athletic stuff, uh, because, again, we, we, we push the academics. It's A1A. It's the first thing. Without the academics, the athletics, just a thought and opportunity that we had, not that we have, because if you don't have one, you don't have the other. And it's the old cart before the horse, if you will. 
But you guys had a big moment during uh, signing day. Uh, excuse me, not signing day, but draft day just a couple of a weeks ago where the big uh, man himself, Big John, uh, was able to, uh, A, be recognized. And uh, they did a great documentary on him there. They did a nice little story on him. You know, when you see guys like him and you see, of course, Carlos Dunlap doing great things, Robert Quinn doing great things, and Kerryon Joyner, who shows to me what great character this young man has. He goes to South Carolina. He's a quarterback, but he makes it known, look, I'm loyal. I, I'm, I've committed myself. I'll play wherever you need me to play, whatever it is. And, and I think that right there speaks volumes of that young man. And, of course, here at 8 o'clock tonight, we're going to be joined by a former uh, Fort Dorchester track star that went to Kentucky and did great things and was in the Olympics and all. With that being said, Ms. Jasmine Quinn joins us at 8. Talk to us a little bit about when you see these young athletes, men and women, coming back. To me, as a guy in sports, that speaks volume as your program. When you see athletes coming back, giving back to your community, giving back to your school, walking the hallways with you, what kind of impact does that have? And, and maybe talk a little bit about some of these former athletes that you've seen kind of giving back during these hard times like we did see Mr. Dunlap doing there at one of the food banks. Yeah, so um, we're, we're blessed. And I, and I think one of the things, um, Steve LaPrade is a master at this, and, and you can ask him about it when you get him on the radio tonight. He, um, you know, when, when you ask one of our coaches what they coach, you know, the answer is probably not going to be football or basketball or, or, or whatever sports. They coach young people. Um, same thing with our teachers. They don't teach a subject. Um, they teach children um, and young adults in our case. And so that's what's most important is that we, we build the character of these students. And, and all of the names you just mentioned, while um, unfortunately I am I'm new enough to the school, only having been here two years, that I didn't get to personally work with uh, those athletes when they were um, at Fort Dorchester. Um, but, you know, the pride is, is still the same for me just as it is for uh, their former coaches and teachers. Uh, to see them go on, and just to see the people that they become. And, and we know that that is the key, is making sure that um, we're, we're teaching them not just about a sport, not just about a subject in school or an activity, but that we're teaching them good life lessons. Um, and they show that. And, and some of these students, you know, to carry on Joyner, I've, I've heard so many times uh, just what a stellar person he is. And as you said, he's demonstrated that um, through his commitment and his work at USC. Um, you know, couldn't be prouder of of uh, Big John uh, getting drafted and and seeing the story go out, so the rest of the public can understand what those of us locally, um, you know, either witnessed or have heard uh, as we've watched um, his story and his growth. So, um, teaching them to be good good people um, is the most important thing that that we do. And I think that again, I mentioned our Fort family. I think that's that's the key to that. And if we don't have that relationship piece. If we don't build that with our students and our student athletes, um, you know, no amount of success, no championship on, on the field or on the court is, is going to be um, is going to mean anything if we don't build uh, good students and, and doing that. And then, two, as you mentioned, we have been blessed um, that we've had uh, several students uh, go on to big things, professional level, Olympics, uh, professional sports. And, and they give back. They understand the need for that. And so we always look forward to an opportunity uh, to bring folks back, um, invite them to be a part of, of what we do at our school. We want our current students to see what's possible and to meet these people and know that, you know, one day they, they used to walk the halls of the school just as we're doing today. And they've gone on to great things. And so, you know, come back and be in our hype videos that we use for our athletes. Um, you know, come back and, and – 
do some community events and some community service and invite us to come out and, and, and work shoulder to shoulder and help alongside you uh, to make our North Charleston area and Dorchester County, um, you know, the best it can be. Uh, continue to lead the way and show that character. That, that's the most important thing for us is, is um, that we have these examples for our students and they can see that success. And when we point to that success, it's not, you know, that they're a gifted athlete and their, their talent took them there, but look at the hard work they put in. Look at the dedication. Look at the character. Look at what being a good person can get you because without being a good person and without doing those things, they would have never achieved no matter the talent they brought or the coaching they got. They would have never achieved what they do. So um, we're just so happy to to have this list of, of alums that, that you mentioned and, and thousands more that are out there doing great things around the world. Um, you know, Fort's been around long enough now uh, that, that we've got a whole network out there of, of great uh, Fort Dorchester Patriots that are doing great things in their communities. No doubt about it. We talk about the military. Charleston is a very highly military atmosphere and, and community here. So there's a lot of guys and girls in the military. They're on the front lines, of course, uh, first responders because, of, of course, our medical field is very big here. Oh, they're building hospitals. They're building houses. They're doing great things wherever they are. It's the foundation of the fort that's got these young men and women doing great things. As we're live right now with the principal from Fort Winchester. Mr. Trip Aldridge joins us here. A couple more things before I get you back uh, to, the, to the duties there in the Aldridge house home. And, again, we appreciate your time and the family allowing you to hang out with us, uh, Mr. Aldridge, here on a Sunday evening. But right in front of your building is one of the most important things that, that any swimmer is going to tell you is number one. And it was supposed to open up, I believe, in the spring or summer of 2020. And that's that new aquatic center that's got more lanes than, than an AFGAR Speedway. And it's got some of the nicest facilities we've seen in quite some time. And they built it right in, well, I would say your backyard, but it looks like your front yard over at Fort. Tell us a little bit about that. How exciting is it for you? Basically, that's a home field for you guys. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, when I came to Fort Dorchester, that was already in the works. We were breaking ground um, there when, when I moved down and, and took over as principal. And it is just about finished. Um, I do have to go out to school occasionally, even though we're mostly working from home. And I can see that they're moving in the last few pieces of furniture and, and it's getting close. So, the excitement is really building there in North Charleston um, for the Aquatic Center. I understand this is one of the finest, if not the best, probably the second best aquatic center of its kind in the southeastern United States. Um, so we expect big opportunities for, for our students, as you said, almost like a home court advantage. Uh, they literally can walk across the parking lot and into the Aquatic Center. Um, so we are really thrilled about uh, having that type of space and, and a world-class facility uh, for what we're doing with our swimmers. Um, that's always a great group of students at our school, highly motivated uh, team. And, you know, it, they don't always have the best of facilities. It's not a normal thing in, in this part of the country um, for schools to have uh, facilities uh, on campus or attached to their school. And so the partnership that the Dorchester District 2 with our school system has built with the city of North Charleston to make this happen and, and bring this over um, is super, super exciting. And uh, I've been in, I, I've been lucky enough to get some of the behind the scenes tours, uh, done the hard hat tours through the, through the facility and seeing what they're doing. And it is truly amazing. So that's definitely something everybody's going to want to check out. I'm sure that uh, the current pandemic situation um, has put a damper on, on how this was supposed to roll out and open up. But hopefully when we're able to get back out, they're going to be ready to welcome us in. And I would definitely encourage everybody to come by and check out the North Charleston Aquatic Center 
uh, in the parking lot at Fort Dorchester High School. It's going to be a blast. I'm actually uh, close to a bunch of those swimmers. And, guys, let me tell you something. They swim in some of the coldest areas because they're all outdoors during the coldest part of the year, which is weird. You would think spring would be warm weather. Well, it's actually warmer during the fall season than it is during the spring season. And we saw that during our softball and, and soccer tournaments and a few track meets and swim meets as well. So that being said, we're looking forward to that as well. So one of our final things that we want to do with your principals that we are able to bring in, and we want to thank you again for representing uh, the Fort, allowing us to interview all those who are coming on. Of course, we're going to check in with uh, your athletic director and head football coach, the Pratt, will join us at 7. And Coach Sayers has just said he's good to go at 7.30. So we'll talk to a spring sport coach as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun to get both of your coaches in. But because of the fact that you don't get in, and I'd like you to touch on how do you at this point plan on to do graduation, if there's a plan out there for those listening, uh, and uh, if you had a chance, and, and we're going to give you that right now to speak to the class of 2020, what would you tell them as they get ready to check the box and move to the next chapter of their life? And then look over to the other side of the room for the underclassmen who are moving up a grade, right? The responsibility is going to get a little bit tougher because they're going to have to step up in the next grade. But what do you tell them as they come back to the new normal over at Fort Dorchester, Mr. Aldridge? Well, I, I will say first about the class of 2020, um, I, I can't let you scoop it tonight, but in the next uh, day or two, either tomorrow or Tuesday, um, I will have an announcement coming out uh, to the senior class of 2020. We have been working behind the scenes, like I've said, um, trying our best to figure out how to bring some normalcy back, how to make things work, and, and uh, have the types of things that our students long for and expected to have just as those classes before them. So um, our current plans, uh, we had announced as a district uh, that we would go to the Coliseum in July, July 17th, uh, for a face-to-face -face graduation if we were allowed to do so. Um, and if not, that we could have a virtual uh, program. Um, we've been working and, and trying to figure out if there's any other options, too. So I would invite everybody to stay tuned. Hopefully we'll have more information and maybe some other, some other news to announce um, about graduation for 2020. So, guys, don't give up hope. Know that we're working as hard as we can um, to, to make things right for you and to give you the celebration and the honor that you so richly deserve. Um, you definitely will have the story for the ages. Uh, I, I know it's hard to think about that now, but when you have children and grandchildren, you'll be talking about how things went down during the spring of your senior year. Um, but we know that you're special. We know that you've done these things. And just because it didn't look like the senior years that came before and maybe some of the other things that uh, your, your friends before you got to do or might get to do after you, uh, keep the faith because it is going to be special and and we're going to do our best to honor you in the very best way. Um, I would tell those underclassmen um, to, to buckle down. We're not out of the woods yet. Um, we don't know. Um, if you're watching the news just like I am, we take all of our guidance in the, in the school district from um, in South Carolina from the governor and uh, Molly Spearman, our superintendent of education uh, with the South Carolina Department of Education. They send um, guidance down to our local district, and we follow that guidance. And so we are busy making plans, as we always are this time of year, for next year. Um, so uh, our rising uh, seniors, juniors, sophomores, freshmen coming into the high school, um, we're making big plans, and we plan just as we do every year to make next year fantastic and great as well. And we don't know what it will look like. We don't know if we'll get to do the plans the way we're working on them now or if we'll have to move to plan B or C uh, as, as we work through this. 
Uh, but we're all trying to make this right and make this work because we know our work uh, with the students, um, building better people, getting you those lessons, um, opportunities in academics, athletics, arts, um, ROTC, all of those things that we have for you at our school, um, we want to get you in there and get you involved in that and get you doing that. So underclassmen, keep your head up, keep your eyes on the prize, finish this year strong, um, and we'll make sure that as we start up next year, we can close any gaps and, and take care of any any baubles that may have happened from this uh, unprecedented ending to this year and get you back on track. And then going back, seniors, um, hang in there. We're, we're really working hard to try to make sure we can, we can do right by you and, and make this happen while keeping everybody safe. And uh, we have not given up. We are continuing to work daily. Um, and, I, and I say literally daily. Um, I am working with, the, uh, with my team members, the other principals, uh, the other district leaders from our district. We are trying to find a way to make sure that, that uh, we can honor you and do everything in our power uh, to make things great for you in this time. Well, Mr. Aldridge, you did a great job. I tell you what, you're one of the best. You're the motivator, the, the regulator, and of course, uh, yeah, these kids love you to death. I talk to all your athletes on a regular basis. One of my uh, young men that I get a chance to talk to as much as anybody is Brandon Johnson. He and the uh, other big man on campus there, one going to Navy, one going to Georgia Tech, invited me to their, their signing day uh, back in the day. It seems like forever ago. And uh, I came on campus, and, and you guys welcomed me with open arms to be a part of two really incredible moments. But I just I applaud you. I applaud your staff, your families. That I know you guys are on top of this. You have your own families that you're trying to deal with stuff. But if there's anything that we can do to help get the word out, Mr. Aldridge, this is your platform. This is your opportunity here. Just reach out to me, and I look forward to catching up with you. Once they give us the green light to shake hands and high-five each other from a virtual, non-virtual situation, we look forward to getting back on campus with you. We look forward to that, too. Thank you so much for uh, featuring our school tonight, and uh, go Patriots. Yes, sir. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the man with the plan, and trust me, oh, does it sound, Eugene, like he's got a plan for the seniors. If you don't hear it, he said it not once, twice, but three times. Trust and believe. You saw what they did a couple, well, like a week or so ago in the parking lot. If it's anything like that, and I got a feeling it's a lot better, watch out. Here we go, and congratulations to the class of 2020 over at Fort Dorchester High School. Now, we do have to take a break because we're going, well, to another office. We're going to head to the athletic department. He'll wear that hat for a little while. He'll also wear the football gear. That's right. We're going to mic him up. That is, of course, your coach over there, Coach Steve LaFrad, joins us next right here at a break. We want to thank one more time the principal, Mr. Tripp Aldridge, for allowing us to be on campus virtually and talk to each and every one of his coaches and athletes around the fort. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fort Football, Fort Sports, Fourth Athletics right here on Southern Sports Central.
bend over, let me see you shake a tail feather. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Here, Rich Yelm here live on Southern Sports Central here, of course, uh, alongside Coach Eugene Benton. Coach, uh, I'm going to let you speak a little bit because I believe I got to tie it back in uh, to uh, the, the, the athletic director and head football coach is going to join us here. But I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about, uh, of course, the uh, the interview we just had with Mr. Aldridge, who joined us uh, just moments ago, and, and I thought that's a lot of great points. Yeah, man, and no, he covered so much, and it's hard for principals, I'm assuming, you know, they could probably talk all day or the whole three-hour show about, you know, everything that's featured in their high school program, whether it be, you know, athletics or, you know, you could, they could talk about one sport or, or this sport or that sport or whatever, but, you know, he touched on so many things, you know, in the academic side and the club side and the music side and acting and, and, and extracurriculars, and like you said, you know, that's, that's just who they are, and there were so many great quotes it was kind of hard to capture them all, you know, and, and get them out there for the Fort family and for all those that were interested. But, you know, he had so much to offer, and, and he's just such a passionate guy. You can tell a guy that just shows up every day and just loves the school. You know, I, I'm sure, like you talked about, you know, the families and things like that. And I'm sure, you know, every day he comes in, and, and, and every kid he sees in the hallway, or, or as he says, every young adult, excuse me, um, you know, the teachers, the administrators, you know, the, the other folks who work at the school, he just seems like a guy that just, you know, just really appreciates all because if it weren't for everybody, you know, doing their part, it would make his job a, a lot harder. And, and as he said, you know, it's a very difficult time. And, and the plans that they had uh, installed to get them through it, you know, it just sounds like he, he's done so much behind the scenes. And, and this is a guy that just, you know, he's teaching, you know, don't give up because he certainly hasn't given up. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's done a great job and with, uh, of course, some helping hands around him. And one of those is the athletic director. I mean, these guys, I, I think, is probably the best one-two punch in the Dorchester County and around the state. Of course, now we are live over here hanging out with us on the Tent Farm Hotlines, the one and only Coach Neva Pratt. Coach, first of all, uh, I hope you and, and your bride are enjoying a great Sunday in Somersville, the, the uh, Mother's Day festivities over there at the Pratt House. Yeah, we guys out here playing cornhole with my daughter sitting up by the pool trying to take it easy yep this is my 
sanctuary over here. My kids call it the resort. So this is <laughs> this is my little backyard sanctuary. Yeah, man. Now of course now of course your daughter's the, the head softball coach over there, so we can kinda of segue into that one a little bit. That's a good one. Lindsay of course has helped us a lot of times getting you and you know, getting you on the line here with us and doing some things. Of course you've got <laughs> two other sons that do great things around the program. Uh Brent of course, uh, you know, looks like he's He's got another role coming up. We're getting into that as well uh, in the uh, upcoming interview here. But, Lindsay, what a tough way to end the season. I know that these guys were the Lady uh, Patriots and the softball program had really had high hopes for a great season coming up. You being the athletic director on top of being her father, you know, you have to wear so many hats. So the emotions were there. But not sure who does your videos things, but, man, what a great video they did for her to recognize the <laughs> softball team. But tell us a little bit about that and how hard was it for you on both of those levels to – to, I guess, give that information to these young ladies that the season was, was coming to an end. Well, it, it was bad for all our sports, Richie. I mean, it, uh, you know, I mean, I really thought spring-wise we were going to really do very, very well. You know, this is probably by far, you know, we won the region last year in baseball, and this is by far the best baseball team we had had. You know, we went up to the IP Classic in Georgetown, which is one of the most highly touted baseball tournaments i guess in the state or really in southeast we we lost one ball game and and you know we had three d1 guys uh you know we got one going to south carolina uh we got one eighth grader just committed to mississippi state the other day and wow. we've got a junior that's uh already committed to duke uh you know we got two or three other that signed division two and division one double a so we were expecting huge things from our baseball, we felt like we had a really strong track program, especially on the men's side this year. And, and, you know, Lindsay, our softball program, you know, they're always right there. You know, it's, this is probably one of the best regions in softball, you know, us, Ash Ridge and Somerville, all three are really, really good softball every year. So they kind of fight it out. You know, we really about beat each other up during the year and, uh, Lindsay was really hoping to have a really good year. You know, she's she's got some really good seniors that are going on to play college ball, and and um, you know we you know we felt like we were we were going to be pretty good in all of our spring sports. So it was it was tough, and that's kind of why we made the videos. You know, Joe Grammer does all my media stuff and does a great job. If you've seen any of our football shows or anything else, it's like ESPN. I mean, he's got eight Emmys, he's won eight Emmys, and he does a fantastic job. So. You know, we were getting stuff in the mail about getting portraits and putting pictures of the seniors and all the sports on the fence. And I said, man, where am I going to put that? I mean, he's going to ride by Fort Dorchester to see him. So I thought the way, you know, I'm I'm old and horrible at social media, but uh, I thought the best thing to do was do social media. So I got Joe to do a, a video for each sport. And I kind of said, you know, make it good because this is all they got. So uh, I thought he did a good job if you've seen any of them. Uh, you've done a great job. I love each and every one of them. Um, again, I remember seeing, uh, you know, Lindsay's one there because it had so much. Uh, it, it just, it was very impactful. I guess I'm a little bit more sensible with these spring sports because I could have never imagined, Coach, them our season coming to an end, not just individually. Because you go down with an injury, it happens, but as an entire season. Yeah. And not to mention, these kids were born, most of them, they're 9-11. So they come in with a lot of turmoil. They're going to graduate with a lot of turmoil. So, yeah, this ought to be the strongest group of uh, graduates we've seen, Coach. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, what really bothered me you know, is that by seniors, 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 and I feel the worst, obviously, for our seniors, but I also feel for the 
you know, our JV players, seventh, eighth graders, you know, our varsity players are ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and, and seniors. I mean, so that's kind of why I did the video. I said, listen, we're going to highlight the seniors because it's obviously horrible for them. I said, but man, this means a lot. This is a, you know, I couldn't imagine. I know you play ball, I play ball, and I couldn't imagine. I mean, injuries, like you said, that happens. That's part of it. But I can't imagine when I was in high school as much time as I put in the off season to all of a sudden my season, my, my season just be gone because of something. And, and I feel I feel so bad for these for these kids. It's uh, it's horrible. And I know it's been tough on them because a lot of these kids yeah. put a lot of time into it now. At all these schools, they put a lot of time into it. And parents do too. A lot of time, a lot of money goes into trying to be successful. It's, it's a tough time. Yeah, because you think about the times that these parents, and I think that's a great way to look at it, seventh, eighth graders, because they do play varsity sports. Uh, some of them are, are that good. They never see the B teams, the middle school teams. They go straight to varsity. Not as common, right. but it does happen, not to mention the gas money, because most of the, I would think the eighth graders not drive, at least I'd hope not. Uh, so mom and dad that's are right. taking them to where they need to go. And think about AAU and, and think about travel ball, U-triple-S-A's and, and all of this extra, like you mentioned, and then there's this thing called one-on-one training. That didn't, that's not free neither. So there's moms and dads that have put a lot of money into it. And we've been telling these kids, if you stay in the weight room in the fall, it'll pay off in the spring. And now we're having to regroup to that. So I love your thinking on the videos there. And I did notice that you had all of your players involved there. And I think that was a really big deal. Uh, Coach, when you look at this stuff, when you kind of put it in perspective, and you've been through sports, you, of course, you, you've coached at other schools. You were at Somerville there for a while. We talked about that here on the air as well. But, in all of your time in sports and all of your, 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 your I guess, uh, trials and tribulations, and especially as an athletic director, could you ever imagine having to go through something like this? And how are you mandating and making sure that these young athletes are staying in shape or, or doing the things that need to be done? And most of all, importantly, we saw something come out uh, across another school. We don't want to get into that too much. But staying off the property, staying off the grounds, and making sure that they're following the guidelines. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I, I know our kids, a lot of them going to Gahagan and going to fields and, you know, parents. We've got parents that are working with their kids one-on-one at home. And, you know, we've been sending out workouts. You know, we, we've been sending out workouts daily, uh, you know, for our kids to do. Uh, you know, we've done virtual stuff over as far as offense and defense. You know, we're, we're, we're implementing a completely different offense this year, which – you know, he's been <laughs> might end up being a bad time to do, but uh, you know, I just I just felt like we need to make some changes, and um, you know, so that's been trying to do that. You know, to to our varsity guys getting an offense in, and it's just been uh, you know you can't you can't coach them, you can't be around them. So you know, it's been it's been tough. You know, I check on them, I text. I I've got three different groups of texts, and I text. Every kid that's been in our program, B-team, JV, and varsity, and just just really not stuff about football, but how they doing, da, da, da. I text the thing about Mother's Day. You know, I said, listen, if you're fortunate enough to still have a mother, you know, give her a hug and make it do something special for her today. It's Mother's Day. You know, so, you know, mothers, I, you know, I'm one that always felt like mothers run the, run the world. So, uh, you know, I'm, this is a big day for me. My mom was huge in my life, and uh, – it's a big day for me, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, I sent that out this morning to the kids, you know, make sure you, if you're lucky enough to still have one, make sure you give her a hug. So, uh, you know, and I've been doing that, kind of staying in touch with the kids, same way with the coaches of other sports. You know, I know they've been reaching out to the kids. You know, we're going to have a uniform take up Tuesday, 
which is horrible, sad. Uh, you know, you've got to have social distancing to take up uniforms. Uh, it's just, uh, it's weird. I'm old. I'm not, uh, you know, I wasn't around when World War II was going on, but I, people have told me this is, I guess, something similar to being at war. So, um, you know, it's it's a tough time. It's rough. been rough. And that is we're live right now with the athletic director, head football coach, and a man who gets to do many things because I'm going to tell you something with Coach LaPrat, who joins us live right now on the Kent Farm Hotline. Coach, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's the band, the cheerleaders, any sport on any field or any court, I see it everything. And i got to tell you something. That, to me, right there shows me the type of person you are, the type of man that you are, that you're a leader by example. I remember seeing you at the Gus Moody uh, Invitational where the bands get together and they have this huge – uh, competition over there at Somerville, and, and you always stop and say hey to us, and I appreciate you saying hey to me because, again, you know, you got a lot of people pulling at you there, Coach. But how important, and, and you kind of lead by example here, but you're at everything. I mean, you and your wife, y'all don't miss any event it, it, that has to do with Fort Dorchester and your athletes or even the band in that matter, Coach. Well, I think it's your job. You know, I'm an athletic director, so, you know, Joe Pye, that's what he put me here for, so I'm Besides, that's my job. I feel I enjoy it. I I love it. You know, my whole my whole driving force from the first day I ever competed versus coaching is all about competing. I I love seeing people be successful. Uh, that's what I'm about. Like I said, I don't care if it's dancing, playing in the band, football, baseball, basketball, soccer. It doesn't matter to me. I just like seeing kids compete, and I like seeing kids be successful. Uh, it's always not on the athletic field, but I like success. I'm all about success. That's what. That's why I do what I do. Uh, if I lost every game, I probably still wouldn't be doing it. I can't stand to lose. I'm the worst loser in the world. I can't stand it. I just love success, and I like seeing kids be successful, whether it's classroom, at life in general, or, or whatever. I just like success, and that's my driving thing, um, you know, for my family, for my teams, my kids, students, uh, you know, I just like, I want us to be the best in, in everything at Fort Dorchester. That's kind of what I'm all about. That's just, I dislike successful people, and I don't like people that aren't successful. We're live right now with the head coach, the athletic director, and wears so many hats. I, I tell you, I don't know where he gets time to sleep. And that's, of course, uh, Coach Steve LaPrat over here joining us from Fort Dorchester is where on the campus tour 2020 on a beautiful Mother's Day Sunday. It's been a great weekend. Coach, do you remember the last time we said May and no humidity? I mean, it has been quite, frankly, what, four days of beautiful weather here in Somerville? <laughs> it has been good. It's been uh, – it's it's nice. Like I said, I'm sitting <laughs> outside right now, and it's uh, it's nice. It's nice, you know. So, uh, you know, I was talking to the kids today. They were like, oh, this is horrible. I said, man, suck it up. Tough up. I said, man, it ain't bad. I said, people got a whole lot worse than we do. I said, you know, they, I said, man, they all spoiled. I said, man, just be glad you're living. And I said, it's going to get better. We're going to tighten up, toughen up a little bit. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. I, I wish I knew what was going to happen. I don't, I don't have any, I'm not smart enough to know those answers, but, um, hopefully, hopefully, I think a lot of good's come out of this too, to be honest with you. I think people are a lot closer being home with the kids and doing some stuff. So, um, I don't think it's all bad. Yeah. Yeah, I so agree I with you. I, I didn't notice I had yeah. neighbors. These neighbors have kids, coach. You know, that's right. I'm seeing people driving around. I'm like, man, where'd you guys have kids? I mean, is this something new? And you're just seeing what it is, yeah. coaches. You're seeing these kids in, in their laptops because this is the most, you know, when we, we were trying to connect each other, I was like, man, I'm 42. I should not have figured some of this out. But 
You know, of course, these kids are so savvy on computers and laptops, but this is how they're learning now. So by 5 o'clock, they're done. They, they are zipped out. They are actually for the first time saying, I'm tired of looking at a screen. So you're seeing them walk around with mom and dads. And I know the neighborhood that you live in over there uh, in Somerville, it, it's probably the same way. You're seeing more activity with families and kids throwing baseball with their dads, kind of like they were when, when I was growing up. And I'm sure like you were doing with the boys uh, and, and even Lindsay back in, in the days when there was not all this social media. Yeah, man, my, my kids became athletes playing wiffle ball in the backyard. That's what we used to have some knockdown drag out wiffle ball games. A lot of them ended in fights in our backyard. But, yeah, that's where they they learned to play, you know. The worst part of the pandemic for me has been the technology. I'm a technological <laughs> idiot. So that's been that's been my toughest part of this whole, whole charade is this technology. Yep. I can imagine Lindsay won most of those uh, wiffle ball games. That's probably where the fights end up. She probably yeah, won the fights too, right? You've you been around. You've been around Brent. You've been around Brent very much. Brent's gonna find yeah. a way to win. He, yeah, foul ball to us. What the foul ball to him? So yeah, we used to have a tree out here with third base, and he, you know, he swore it was fair. So we had some pretty good fights out here. Yep. <laughs> Let's talk a little football on Brent. Now, Brent's been your defensive coordinator for a while, and, and again, I'm not sure. Word on the street, let's just leave it at that, that he's coming to the offensive <laughs> side of the world, and, and, and that's a great thing. I, I've had a chance to know Brent, and, of course, he played college ball. He's an athlete all the way around. I'm looking forward to watching his mind move from one side now to the other. Uh, tell us a little bit about the football program. I do know you just had a big hire, which congratulations on bringing – uh, Coach Kenny from uh, another school, but I think he's going to do great things. I know he's a close friend of yours as well, and uh, he's been good to us here at Southern Sports Central and me individually. But Coach Walker, of course, joins your staff. Kind of give us a rundown if you can. If you don't want to, that's okay, too, on the upcoming 2020 with the Fort football program. Well, uh, you know, I mean, getting Kenny was, was big for me. I, uh, you know, we, we've been together a lot. We won a few state championships and wrestling together, and I'm the one that got Kenny down down south. He was coaching at Citadel, and I got him come up here to Somerville. So, uh, you know, he was just looking for a change, and and uh, you know, some uh, Fort Dorchester is good place to to um, to coach football, and and uh, he's gonna work. He's gonna work in the weight room. He's gonna take Ian's place in our weight room. Him and Coach Floyd are gonna head up the weight weight workouts, fourth weight training. So and he's gonna he's gonna kinda do what Brent did. Brent kinda did defensive ends and Kenny's very, very knowledgeable about that. And of course we've got Freddie Hamilton who's coached college ball and just unbelievable football technician. And uh, of course we've got Tracy White doing our linebackers and, and Bobby Floyd's all instead of doing all four DBs, I'm gonna make him my D coordinator. Uh he's deserved the right to do that. Uh, we're not gonna change a lot. We've been pretty good on defense. So we're not going to do a whole lot of things differently. I, I did hire another guy. I'm going to loosen up on Bobby. Have to work work on four positions. Just do two. He's going to do our safety. So I hired Rashad Smith, who coached at Irmo last year. Played for me. Played at Newberry. Um, he'll do a great job for us. So he's going to do corners for me. Uh, move Brand over because this new offense we we put in. You better have to, you two really, 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 really special guys. Better be the guy holding that football back there and the guy calling the play. So, you know, Brent, thank God he got it from his mama. He's got some dang sense. He ain't like his old man. So he's, uh, Brent's almost got like a photographic memory. He remembers things that I don't, like, good Lord, I, it's it's amazing. And I was really worried about getting the right guy. To, we flew a guy in and spent a weekend putting his offense in. And 
I knew Brett really on our staff. He was probably the guy, the only guy that could do it, to be honest with you. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, if he does does a good job, Bobby does a good job, we'll win a game or two. If they don't, shit, we might lose every day on one of them rascals. So hopefully they'll <laughs> they'll do they'll do all right. I'm hoping I'm putting a lot of faith in both of them, but they got a lot of support. You know, offensively we don't have uh, too much change. I'm bringing Josh Smith up to do running backs. He Josh played at Clemson, and he was our offensive coordinator up in the upper state and kind of took a job late last year. So he was just on our B team last year. So he's going he's gonna to help us out. And um, so I think, you know, we don't have a lot of change on our staff at Fort Dorchester. There's not much turnover. Obviously, he ain't going to Somerville, which is good for him. He'll do a great job. I'm glad for him. You know, I, I'm glad I think it'd be a good thing for him, you know, in the course – Ryan Sharp, he decided to go with Ian, so he's been my quarterback guy. So, um, you know, we lost those two, which has been really the only change we've had probably in the last, I don't know, eight, ten years. We just don't have much change. So, But we'll see. You know, we'll see how we do. Hope we will. I hope we don't lose all of them. Hope we win one or two. We got a tough schedule. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm playing, playing two state finalists, playing Dorman and Myrtle Beach. You know, so that'll be uh, – That'd be too good opponent for us. Yeah, Coach, you don't run from the competition, nor do you run from the opportunity to play competition. And uh, you mentioned, of course, losing a couple of guys going to Somerville. That game, by the way, highlighted, circled, and uh, with huge numbers around it for a lot of the players, I can tell you. Maybe not the coaches, but the players definitely. And you guys will invite Somerville to the fort uh, next year or this coming year for the final game of the year. Now, you mentioned – Players and things don't change. You know what doesn't change, Coach, and that is putting kids in the league. You guys keep doing it, of course, with Robert Quinn and Carlos Dunlap, and there's a handful of other athletes. We're actually going to have at 8 o'clock Jasmine Quinn, who ran at Kentucky, who's done great things, and ran with you over there at Fort Dorchester. She's joining you at 8 o'clock. And uh, how about Big John? And we'll talk about Big John. And and, and first he gets – I don't know, he gets his million-dollar contract. Then he goes out on the battery and gets engaged. And, of course, his story of what he did at the restaurant, I think, was awesome. And then you got another young man I want to hear about, DeKarion Jr. Talk about a selfless player. This kid goes to South Carolina. He's a quarterback, no doubt. We watched him tear it up year after year after year at Fort Dorchester. But then he's at, some, at, at South Carolina where he tells them, hey, I'll play wherever you want me to play. Kind of tell us, these are two selfless guys that have done some really big things on and off the field, Coach. Yeah, they have. You know, a lot of people don't remember Donica Sanders. He's captain at George Tech right now. You know, right. he's got a chance to make it you know, after next year. So, you know, we, we got some opportunities. Andreas Bryant would have made it last year, and he failed physical, but he didn't know he had a cracked bone in his ankle. So he's waiting to get picked up too. So, you know, there's a chance that Andreas gets in there, you know, he'll be our fifth one. And, you know, we're hoping down the road to Dominicus and to carry on and a few of the other ones make it. So, um, you know, it's, we've been lucky. We've been fortunate. You know, that, that ain't – I don't know how much of that – uh, our coaching staff, I think, has more mom and daddy than jeans. Uh, it's hard to take uh, it's hard to take credit for them guys. I think uh, I don't know. I think a dog might get a coach Robert Quinn. He's, I tell you, yeah, he's he's pretty hard to mess up. You know, he's a stud. So we've been we've been lucky. You know, we've been lucky to have some really good kids. And you know, I'm more proud of the amount of kids we put. The, you know, the one double-A kids in Division Two. I mean, I, I think we counted up last year. We had 75, 80, 80, 90 kids. I don't even know how many it was. It's signed scholarships. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, that's what we're there for. Once again, it's all about success. That's success. Going to college, going to the NFL, that, to me, that's success. And that's, heck, that's what I'm all about. That's what our whole coach staff's all about. We love success. Not to mention Coach Steve. Right, I want you to teach him the, the life lessons. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, can teach you yeah, guys life lessons, right, Coach? That's right. That's part of it. But, you know, like I said, you know, that's, well, I got a great coaching staff. Uh, we got a great administration at, at Fort Dorchester. People don't understand that. And if you don't have, you ain't got, if you don't have people above you going to help you, you're not going to be very successful. Uh, you know, it, and we've been, I've been lucky ever since I, you know, I was lucky at Somerville. I was lucky at Fort Dorchester. I've always had people that have given me a chance to, and same thing in the district office. So that's that's what it's all about. I mean, if you don't have that, you, you don't have a chance. So uh, thanks hey, a lot, people. This uh, Coach uh, Benton, uh, I've spent the last three years on staff over at Oceanside. I told Richie when you were coming on, I had a funny story for you. Yep. Um, so when the, season, the football season ended at 4D, and I know it didn't end the way you had hoped, uh, you went on to coach another football. It sure did. That's for sure. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and you coached that, one of mine. Like four losses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you coached. You coached <laughs> one of mine, and uh, so so up at the Carolina Bowl. For those who don't know, it's uh, you coached the eighth grade team representing the whole state of South Carolina <laughs> versus the eighth grade team of uh, all the all stars from North Carolina, and it was hosted and held up at Duke. It was played in uh, Duke Stadium. It was a very rainy, very cold night, but. Uh, so you coach one of the kids that I've trained for two years. He's uh, the number one nationally ranked kicker and the number one nationally ranked punter in his class. He's a rising freshman. He's going to be going to Oceanside and Coleman Franzone. And I know you work yeah. with him personally because he and I shared shared the hotel room at that lovely hotel. And uh, the, the story I heard was uh, in the Duke indoor practice facility, you put him at a 40 or 45 yarder. Now, I have videos of, of him hitting 50. And you told him if he made that 40-yarder, you're going to put him in the truck and take him to 4D. So, you know, we had a great laugh about it because he was just, man, he was starstruck. He, he loved playing for you. And, uh, actually, he's listening right now. I just got a text, and he said he was on. So, uh, just, uh, you know, I just wanted to bring that to your attention. And, uh, you know, Coleman That's really cool. loved working with you and the staff. Well, I think he made it, and I'm mad I didn't throw him in the back of the truck. That's the worst part. I didn't keep my word. <laughs> That boy can kick a fool out of football. That, that rascal yeah. kicks football. Probably one of my biggest regrets after that game. We got down a couple touchdowns, and you know we 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 struggled a little bit offensively. And and I told our coaches, I said, man, I'll tell you, if we didn't get it on thirty yard line. We used to kick field goal every time. I said because they couldn't rush us, and uh, that's probably the worst thing. Because I, I think we were twenty five or something. I went for it. I should have. Kick field goal because I know he would have made it. Yeah, he's a uh, golly, what a great kicker, a great kid too. I had a blast with with those kids up there. That was uh, that was uh, that was a good time. That was something I didn't even know existed. Was the Carolina Bowl, so that was a eye opening experience for for me. And it was uh, I thought Freddie Brown and that group did a great job putting that thing on for those kids. That's something a lot of other kids need to get involved in. That's some good stuff. Yes, sir, and he he was very thrilled to you know to to, to play for you, and uh, that was actually his first ever football game, and so you know he had a lot of family in the stands and things like that. But uh, you know he's got he's got big aspirations. I know the coach at Coastal is now down at Florida State. You know is already interested in him, and uh, but the kid, uh, you know his goal is uh, Clemson. He's a huge Clemson fan. He won the or tied for second in the field goal competition down up at Clemson last year as a rising eighth grader. Is back in the summer and the. Uh, 
uh, won the competition up at Coastal, but, you know, one of his biggest achievements, you know, he was so happy when you, when he got to coach with or play for you and you lined him up in that indoor facility. He was like, man, coach told me he's going to put him in the, put me in the truck if I made it. So anyway, he's listening. Yeah, well, I, I, I should have put you. him in the blank truck. Yeah. He's a good one. We're, we're scrimmaging. Uh, we're supposed to scrimmage side this year. So I'll make sure I'm not going we're not going to rush him because I'm not going to let anybody hit that little boy's leg. <laughs> yeah, because he's good. So we'll have to go dead on, on field goals and extra points. So, yeah. Be okay, you know, that, we mentioned, for, you know, you mentioned playing Oceanside. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to get into that part with you, but you, you're very close to Joe Call, of course, the, the grandson of Coach uh, McKissick, who's, you know, now coaching at, at Oceanside. When this thing came together, it was a different coach and different things. And, who would have thought that at one point, <laughs> Joe just can't seem to get away from the fort. <laughs> Tell us a little story about Joe, something bad. that nobody might not know. Well, I called him. I called him, and I could. I, I texted him and congratulated him when he got the job. You know, because I, I just, I, I like Joe. Uh, I think he was in a tough situation the whole time. I can remember me and Coach talking a long time ago. Yeah, I said, Coach, man, you need to let him go somewhere else and, uh, you know, you can give him a job anywhere. He's a great coach. And I said, then let him come back to Somerville. I said, you know, it's tough on him being your grandchild. I think it was always tough on Joe. You know, he didn't ask to be coach's grandson, which is which is great to be his grandson. But I just think he always had so much tack on pressure on him being coach's grandson. I thought he did a great job at Somerville. He do a great job down there and you know me and Chad had talked uh we we really can't hardly find any scrimmages or games around here so I finally I said shoot I know Chad don't care he'll play so sure enough thank you coach I'd love the opportunity God don't don't hurt all my guys I said man I ain't gonna hurt your guys so and then Joe Joe took the job so I texted him I said Joe I hate you know I, I was thinking I said I bet when he sees this he's gonna go God dog I thought I was away from that old gray-headed guy. Now he's back again. So, but he says, yeah, Coach, we'll scrimmage. So, we're playing on scrimmage, I think, sometime, I don't know, sometime in August. So, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. So, Coach, I, I want to say this. You've always been open arms to me and my family and just other sports centers of my vision here, my platform. I know we've had conversations, and, and I just appreciate just your kind-hearted ways and you're a battler on the field. I agree with you. My dad told me this when I was about nine years old. He looked at my mother because my mother had made a comment about losing, and my dad said, I'll never teach you to lose because if you like losing, you might keep losing. So, yeah, losing sucks. If you don't like losing, then start winning, and then tell me how that works out. So that was kind of my life lesson growing up. So I, I hear your voice there. Yeah, I almost yeah. hear my dad telling me, you know. So uh, let me ask yeah, you this final yeah. question. Before I get you out of here, you and I talked off the air. We kind of briefly talked about this a little bit. But do you see in the future, I know, you know, I would love to be a part of this at Southern Sports Center to broadcast the game, of course. Uh, you know, I'd like to get a senior bowl down here in, in Charleston. And the reason being because there's only so many slots for the north-south. There's only so many slots for the Shrine Bowl, of course. The Midlands has theirs. The Upstate has theirs. And, and I'd like to have a Tri-County Bowl. I know Joe's talked about it. You've talked. We've all kind of had that conversation. But do you see that something that we – can maybe during this downtime get that thing moving so that we can love on three of these counties down here in Charleston. And I'd hate to leave out Buford, but if they're willing to drive, maybe those guys down there too. Well, I think with, you know, with the three counties we, we have right here, I mean, you know, golly, I mean, you got a lot of great athletes and, and all sports. I I think it'd be a hit. I don't think it'd be any trouble finding sponsorships. I don't think it'd be any trouble 
find enough good players to have a competitive game. So, you know, with those things said, you know, <laughs> it to me it would be a hit. Uh, you know, it, I think it'd be a, a great thing to to do. And I know you got all kinds of time, so heck, that's yeah. something you just spend uh, <laughs> spend time on doing, Richie. I know you got all hey. kinds of time. <laughs> I don't time. Yeah, just put it together. Even in this pandemic, yeah. But I think it's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, I think it'd go over big. I do. I think it'd be a, yeah. a good thing. So there's a lot of, you know, I've been lucky enough to coach both those games, Shrine Bowl and North South. A lot of good players. A lot of good players don't make it. That North South game's harder to make than Shrine Bowl. I mean, it's it's tough. So there's a lot of good players around here and a lot of good coaches. And, um, yeah, I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a positive. I mean, just anybody participating to me is a positive. I think more to get to play, and that, that's a good thing. You know, there's nothing bad about that. I don't see any negatives with that. Well, Coach, I will say the final thing is we're going to go to break. I'm going to bring your baseball coach in after a quick break here. Ronnie Sears is going to come on and hang out with us for about 20 or 30 minutes, hopefully, and talk about this baseball program that he's really, like you mentioned, put together a great group. But you're you're kind of one of a few. I know Scott Durham comes on the show. Uh, coach Schmitty is at a, is a school in the Midlands up there that's an athletic director and a football coach. But, uh, you know, is this something that is a wave of the, the new day? Or, or, or tell me your thoughts about the athletic director being the head football coach. And I think it's a great thing. I think it's a perfect fit. But let me hear it from your point of view. Well, you know, the good things of it, you know, I was lucky enough. I think a lot of times people don't let the football coach or the basketball coach be an athletic director because they think, you know, all he cares about is football or basketball because those are usually the two most money, most profitable sports. Um, you know, I was lucky enough. I came up, you know, at Somerville. Uh, really, I was hired uh, more or less to be a wrestling coach and to help out with football. Uh, you know, so I, I've been in that. I've been in that that ring with, you know, not making a bunch of money, and and you got to take care of all your sports. And I, I try. I'm sure some parents think I'm not fair, but most of the coaches tell you, all, all our coaches will tell you, I'm gonna do whatever I do. I go out and raise a lot more money than I want to do, because uh, you know, time somebody gives you something, they're gonna want something in return. I can assure you that. So, but um, you know, we. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think you're more – I think sometimes when you're just the athletic director, you, you don't – you're not in the you're not in the battle. I think when you coach a sport, no matter what sport it is, you're in the battle. And sometimes just being an administrator, you kind of sometimes forget. You know, it's kind of like the principal and the assistant principal maybe doesn't, doesn't teach anymore, forgot how it was when you were in the classroom. So I think that part's been good for me. Uh, I fight like crazy for my coaches, um, always will. I fight like crazy for the kids, always will. You know, I mean, they're the most important people to me at the school. And, um, you know, that's what I do. And I think, you know, there's a lot of just athletic directors that do a great job. Uh, the dime breed are doing too. There's not a whole lot. You know, I'm one of the few kind of left down here. Um, you know, and I don't know what they'll do when they send me out to pasture. I don't know if they'll – split it up probably will you know i hope they don't you know coach mckissick is always one that you know he's one that really pushed for me to do both of them when i took the job and tim touchbury got out at fort dorchester he pushed really hard for me to do both of them and i think they wanted to split it back then so you know he kind of knew i think the importance of doing both of them and it's hard now i'm gonna tell you it's tough when you got a football program like ours 
it's tough because it's full time job. Our football program's full time. It's full time. So it, it gets to me sometimes, but I enjoy it. I enjoy watching kids and going to the games and, and my wife Beth and I mean our whole family's in. I mean everybody in my everybody in my family except my wife has, has coached at some point. My wife and the dogs are the only ones that haven't coached. So um <laughs> you know. And those two probably be the best ones. But yeah. But uh yeah, so I think it's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. I think it's good mm-hmm. coaching and A D. And I don't think it has to be the football guy. You know, I like it, but I think I think you need a coach, be an athletic director. You need to be in the fight. Yep. I would agree with you. And I would say Ms. Beth probably one of the best coaches of them all because she's been coaching you along for the last so many years. And, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to sit with you there in your office last year with her and you and, and myself. And I just want to say this before I send you back to Mother's Day festivities there at the uh, – at the uh, I don't know if it's a compound. You got it a, a – a, what would you call it? The resort is what the kids resort. call it. Yeah, they call it the yeah. resort. It's far from yeah. that, but they call it that. <laughs> when you get back to the LaFrad Resort, uh, five-star resort over there, I just want to say, man, I, I got a lot of love for you here in Southern Sports Central. And personally, you know, you and your family has always been amazing to me, from all the boys and the girls there, of course. So, uh, you know, I just appreciate it. And, and hopefully Miss Beth says, let her know I appreciate you letting me get 30 minutes with you on her day. But um, thanks for what you do for these kids, Coach. You do so much for so many and I just hope that, that everybody understands the hours that you give to them and you're not really giving to, to Miss Beth and to the kids and grandkids now, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. I tell everybody, my grandchild, he's the only one I know really, really likes me. I don't know about everybody else, <laughs> but he's the only one I can say really, really likes me. But uh, I've enjoyed every second of it. You know, all those guys that wrestled and played football for me over the years, they, they know how I feel about them. I, I enjoy the crap. I, I really like it. I mean, I do. I don't dread a single second of uh, what I've done. You know, it's uh, it's been a blast for me seeing all these guys be successful, and I still run into them all over the place, and it's a blast. You know, they all work NFL and, you know, professional wrestlers, but uh, they're all successful guys, and I enjoy it. That's what it's all about for me. It's all about success. Yeah, a lot of that at Fort, Coach. Uh, God bless. Take care. I'll catch up with you this week because I have a few things I wanted to catch up with you on anyways. But thanks for taking time out tonight, Fort, and uh, letting us highlight <laughs> right, you Richie. in the Fort. All right, yeah, I hope I didn't bore you too long. Yep. Nope. All right. Howdy. See you later. Thank you, Coach. Right, yes, right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He is the head football coach. He's the athletic director. He wears so many hats. I don't know how he keeps up with it. But we got another gentleman. He wears a lot of hats as well. He's the head baseball coach at the Fort. He's been waiting a minute. But his time is coming up next. It was commercial coming to you right here from the Chin Farm. We'll be right back. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Shelvin alongside the coach, Eugene Bitt, and this segment brought to you by our friends on the 10th Farm, located right over there at 7634 South Broad Road in North Charleston. You can reach out to them by mobile at 843-297-4131, or you can reach out to the farm at tentfarm.com. Of course, they do a lot of the things not only at your home and on your car, but also in your business. Now, let's get to some things on the diamond as we head now Back to the fort, and, of course, we've parked right out by the baseball field with Coach Ronnie Sayers. Coach, first of all, this is the first of many, my friend, of you coming on air with us. We appreciate your time. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a privilege. Man, I tell you what, we've had your principal, we've had your athletic director, your football coach, who you just heard uh, as you were waiting to get in here with us. But, uh, man, he highlighted some stuff for us so that we didn't have to do as much homework, but who knew? Uh, you got three D1 kids, one going to USC. Of course, uh, we, we know him well here in Southern Sports. Central. You've got an eighth grader signed, ready, or at least, uh, you know, it's all but uh, graduating to get to uh, Mississippi State. You've got a junior looking to go to Duke. And uh, congratulations on your trip down to Georgetown or up to Georgetown, I guess you would say, where I'm very familiar with the, uh, the IC Classic. Coach Johnson started it years and years ago. You and I, of course, back in our days, many moons ago when we played high school ball, it was still big back then. But uh, you went and had a great showing, man. What a great job you've done at the fort since you've taken over that program. Yeah, I appreciate it. We uh, we were real privileged to uh, get the invite to go up to the IP this year. You know, it's like Coach Pratt was saying earlier, and, and you kind of alluded to, it's a really prestigious tournament, uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the state and the area. Um, and for us to go out there and, and um, you know, go against some of the best teams in the state was was an honor. It was, it was a privilege, and it was a lot of fun. The The, the boys really loved it. Um, the coaches really loved it. The parents really enjoyed it. And, and uh, you know, we're uh, we're hopeful they asked us back because uh, it was a great time. No doubt about it. So let's introduce everybody. Of course, I know who you are. I had the chance to, to meet you one-on-one your first year there at Fort Dorchester uh, with, with what I do here in the local high school level and some stuff I do over Somerville. Uh, we, you and I caught up on the field. But for those who are listening for the first time, uh, you know, who is Ronnie Sears? Where did you play your high school ball? And give us kind of your background, your bio, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I, I'm an alumni at Fort Chester. I played baseball under Coach Ratcliffe, uh, graduated in 2003. Um, I um, pretty much got into coaching right after high school. I, I started with the, the Oprah B team program um, and was an assistant there, took the head job, um, eventually got a um, – once I got my teaching degree and everything, went to become a head coach and was lucky enough to, to take over Stahl High School's baseball uh, team and was there for three years and then – Lucky enough, uh, Coach LaPrade contacted me about um, an opening back at the fort where I could come back and, and be at my alma mater and, and you know, um, get around some of the, the familiarities at the Fort of Chester and, and been there for the past five years. Um, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Just so glad that I'm able to, um, you know, kind of give back to the school that gave so much to me um, so long ago. So it's been great. We're live right now with the head baseball coach, Coach Ronnie Sayers, five years in the making, and he's building quite the dynasty. The foundation is there and to play somewhere. And to go back to Coach, Coach Sayers, yeah, you kind of alluded a little bit to that. But, you know, how awesome was it for you to flip back on that uniform? Of course, you had to probably get a little bit bigger uniform. I'm not sure. But you, you get back out there on the diamond, man. You're standing on the sideline. You, you just kind of did, – did you, you, how many flashbacks have you had coming out of that dugout and thinking – well, dang, I can't cross the line. I'm not a player. I'm a coach. Oh, it's it, it was tough at first. I, I won't lie. It was real tough. I mean, it was just a surreal experience. Um, you know, I, I had the privilege to, to be an assistant under Coach Ratcliffe for a, for a couple of years, but, you know, to actually take over and, 
and uh, you know have the the keys in my hand and and have control and and be around you know like I said all the familiarities and and the greatness of of Fort Chester and what that athletic program under Coach Leprad you know it, I mean it's just amazing yeah, I mean it's just like you said it's it's hard sometimes to 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 remember and, and to remind myself that hey you know I got to stay in that third base third base box I can't cross the lines I can't go get that ground ball at shortstop I can't you know try to steal that second base and all that kind of stuff so it you know it's it's like I said surreal but you know I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything better it's been awesome. You've had a great season up until, of course, uh, the high school league canceled it because they canceled the rest of school. You know, kind of talk yeah. about this team. This team seemed to be a little bit special. I'm very familiar with a lot of your kids, whether uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about, but I've had an opportunity to coach a lot of your kids in that wonderful world called Travel Ball. I'm not the biggest fan of oh, them, yeah. by the way, but I'm a big fan of their kids. And so between the twins that you got down there, the Sansbury boys, of course, uh, Justin Chagbo, yeah. uh, he's another young mm-hmm. man that I'm familiar with. And, uh, so many kids. I, I probably could mention 90% of your kids that I've had a chance to either watch them play at Somerville Little League or Somerville Dixie Youth or wherever, uh, all the way to Mr. Vasquez, who's heading to the University of South Carolina. But, you know, this team seemed to be different. There was something about this team, even the parents that, that were around your program were a little different than you've seen the last four or five years, Coach. Talk about that. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head. There, there was. It was something special. Um, and you started to feel it a little bit last year. Um, just it, it just felt different than it had the first couple of years. You know, the senior class, you know, we had 10 seniors this year, um, which I, I feel so bad for. But, you know, those 10 seniors had come up through the program. Most of them have. Um, and, and most of them I first got my hands on when they were, you know, eighth graders, seventh, eighth graders. Um, so to, to see them grow and, and develop and, and mature and not just on the field but off the field too um, was just super special. And, and, and this team was just – it just had all the makings of – of of becoming a really great season and, and and just you know from top to bottom um from from the the you know the defense the the hitting the base running the pitching the the camaraderie the chemistry um it was just it was all there um and like you said it, i mean it was just a really special feeling going to going into the season and and how the season started and you know we were really just starting to get our feet under the ground um our our, our you know everything was really starting to roll we were really starting to get going and then you know of course, all this happened. So very disappointing, um, especially with the team that we had this year. Um, I really think that these guys would have really did some special things this year. You know, Fort Chester's never won state championship. We've won the region um, several times, and, and I think we had a great chance of doing that again this year. But I think this year was the year that we had a shot to push for a state championship. And, and for these seniors and, and, and these underclassmen as well, um, to not have the opportunity to – you know, show everybody what we were made of. Um, it's just, it's disappointing. Um, but, you know, when you talk about this kind of stuff and, and, and the guys that, that we have, um, these are the guys, these, you know, 20 guys, um, if it's going to happen to anybody, these guys can handle it because they're not only good baseball players, they're mentally tough, they're, they're, they're character, they have great character, and, um, you know, they handled it as well as you could possibly handle it. Um, probably better than me, to be honest with you. Because, um, you know, me and the coaches, we were really looking forward to the season, just like the kids were. Um, and to have the rug kind of pulled out from under us, um, you know, it's just disappointing. Um, and, and you hate it for the kids. And you, you, But, you know, the good thing about it is if you can find a, a ray of sunshine in this whole situation is most of these guys are going to have a chance to play at the next level. Um, so it's not going to be um, their last game a lot of them. Um, so that's exciting. Um, so you get to, you know, I get an opportunity to kind of see 
what they could have done this year, next year at the next level and, and see what great things they're going to do in the, in the years coming in the college level. And even, you know, some, a couple of them, I think have a really good chance to, to play at the level after that as well. I'm um, talking professional. So I'm um, real excited about these guys. I really love these guys. They just were, uh, like you said, they were different. It was special. Um, and uh, it's just, it just sucks that you can't, that you can't play it out and see what happens. Yeah, no doubt about it. Coach Harris joins us right now from the fort. We got the bus parked in front of the baseball field. The diamond has been empty for a few. And so many people are doing great things. And like you mentioned, there's no other better word than say sucks because it does suck. And, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times we, we tell our kids, you know, well, we're trying to teach our kids what to do. But even when it comes to just life issues, when it comes to different divisions in life and things that we go through, you know, isn't it funny that you go to a playground where there's a bunch of elementary kids and, and they love each other the way you're supposed to and they treat each other the way you're supposed to, and yet – here we are as adults not doing a great job at it. So even in this situation, I can only imagine you and your coaches throwing some headgear and your, your seniors and your juniors looking at you yeah. one coach, it's going to be all right. We'll, we'll figure this out when it's supposed we'll to be the other way around. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. But the hours that you take away from your families and, and, and things like that, we, we understand that. Coach, you know, when you guys put these videos together, and, and we were talking with this with Coach LaPratt earlier, with, of course, Lindsay was, you know, over there at the resort, as they call it, LaPratt, five-star resort area. And uh, <laughs> when, when they had – when they, and, and we were talking about these videos that, by the way, first-class uh, videos. And I love everything about it because it, it, it highlighted not just the seniors, right, but you highlighted everybody. You know, when, mm-hmm. when you look at that, how much have you had and, and how are you staying in contact with your players right now? Because I think virtually they're allowing you guys, if not – that new word Zoom, which if you don't have stock in Zoom, you need to get it, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, we're um, I'm trying to stay in touch with them as much as I can. Um, Coach Pratt mentioned something about um, the the uniform check-in. Um, we we are actually right. kind of doing something a little different, um, just so I can talk to them and see them, um, even at right. the using the social distancing and all that kind of stuff, just to just see them face to face and to um, you know talk to them, not just through text. Um, you know, I've been texting them, checking on them, you know, talking to some guys. I see them every now and then out and about in the, in the city and everything, but to actually see them at the field, to, you know, just a, some, some sense of closure, if nothing else, um, which we didn't get. You know, we, we practiced, played a game on a Friday, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, Sunday they're telling us we can't play anymore. So just that sense of closure and just to see these guys um, and, and, and let them know, you know, it's going to be okay and, and, uh, you know, just try to, you know, make them feel better about it, make me feel better about it, um, and just try to get through this together. Um, but that's been the, the, the hardest thing about this whole thing is, is not being able to see the guys every day um, and having to rely on text messaging and, and, you know, setting up one meeting a week in advance just so I can see the guys and stuff like that. That's, that's, that's been one of the hardest things, um, especially considering the fact that, like I told you, I mean, most of these guys – um, I've, I've been around for so long, um, not just two years, not just three years, you know, four or five years, some of them, um, some of them is six. So just to, just to have it in this way is, is, is tough. And you try to stay in touch with them as much as you can. Um, and, and we'll continue to stay in touch with them, you know, even after they go on to the next level and everything, but just, it's just not seeing them face to face. That's been the toughest part. We're live right now with the head baseball coach over there with the Fort Dorchester Patriots. They were poised for a season to remember, a state championship in the eyes. They were ranked high in the preseason polls. They were making their way up the charts as they went into the IP Classic, a prestige Southeastern 
high school baseball tournament up in Georgetown, South Carolina. Of course, uh, not only did the three guys, one heading to the University of South Carolina as a senior, that young man could easily be playing somewhere in the minor leagues and working his way up to the big leagues. On top of that, they've got an eighth grader already looking at Mississippi State. They've got a junior looking to head to Duke, and they've got players, like he mentioned, 10 seniors, which, by the way, Coach, we need to catch up because I need to get at least 10 of those guys on this show to say hello to them and introduce their name, their sport, their positions, and, uh, you know, everything across the board. I like to give them five questions and 10 to 15 minutes of fame here on the show. But, um, you know, when That'd it comes great. down to it, uh, oh, I would love it, Coach. And that's one thing we do. You know, we've pulled everything aside to give these guys an opportunity to say hello to us on the air. And uh, we've got a lot of the support from Fort uh, as we've had uh, the last couple of years, and it's getting it's growing larger. And we want to be a part of what you guys are doing at the baseball program as well. So, to get you in here, we've got a lot of X's and O's, and I was a baseball guy like you're a baseball guy, so it could be a pretty solid show. And, you know, one of those is talking about U-Triple-S-A. How much do you stay involved with these other U-Triple-S-A coaches? I used to do this when I coached the travel teams I had. I always made the parents and the, the, the young men give me their coach's name in high school because I needed them to understand that, look, I'm working on the same level as them. If they're pitchers more than anything, because I was a pitcher in my day as well, I needed them to know how many pitches they were throwing – what type of workouts they were doing. Is that happening now? And what's the biggest frustration from a head baseball coach, you know, right now when it comes to this travel ball thing? Well, you know, I, you know, I coach over at uh, Collins Park over with the Dixie program um, under Coach Wilkinson. And um, we have a few guys that go, throughout, that go out there and, and play with the older guys and stuff like that. So I'm able to kind of keep somewhat of an eye on them um, personally with those guys. But the, um, the other guys, yeah, I just try, I try to stay in touch with as much as I can, see how they're doing. Um, you know, I, I – for the most part, the, the, the teams that my players tend to play on, um, I trust the coaches. I know they're, they're not out there um, looking only to win. They're, they're looking out for the best interests of the kids. So I trust them that they're not going to throw that pitcher too much um, on, on, you know, not enough rest or try to blow anybody's arm out just to try to get a W here and there or try to win a tournament. Um, so it's been good having, um, you know, these players playing – at good programs for the most part. Um, so I don't have to be on top of them so much. I can let them play and, 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 you know, enjoy all the stories and everything that they can tell me about what they did during the summer. Um, but, you know, the, the hardest part about that, I would say, is, is being committed to one program that I'm not able to go around and watch as much as I would like some of these other guys. Um, I wish I could go and watch every game. Um, but, you know, that's just not feasible, just like with the college coaches. They, they would love to come watch every game of a high school senior to see what he's made of. But, you know, they, they have other obligations that they have to take care of. So they kind of rely on other people just like I rely on other people to kind of tell me how they're doing and, and listen to the kids and, and, and the travel ball coaches and, you know, rely on their expertise and what they saw and, 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 and kind of fill me in on what's going on. Well, I right now with the head baseball coach over there at the Ford, Ford Orchester's own. Coach Ronnie Sears has been there five years, and every year he's getting better and better. That's not good news for those in the region, not good news for those in the state of South Carolina. And, well, that's great news if you're a Patriot. Of course, I know a lot of Patriot fans and moms and dads and players are listening to us live right now on Southern Sports Central. Coach, let me throw this last question to you. How great would this be? Now, we got this new epidemic, this new situation. We're learning how to social distance. We're, we're doing things that we not – what we did think we would do, maybe as easy as we have, but – how cool would it be? And I'm just going to throw this at you because we understand that coming in August, things probably could be a little better, but it could go either way. 
However, social distancing is seeming to kind of play its role. Is it me or is it just me? I think that spring sports are probably the most social distancing sport that you play throughout the season of all four, all four seasons. So why couldn't we take the spring sport? Oh, by the way, in the south, in South Carolina for sure, it's warmer in the, winter, in the fall sports than it is the spring sports. Let's flip-flop them. Let's take baseball, softball, and their spring sports, put them in the warmer climate. Let's take football in those sports and put them in the spring climate, which is actually cooler, you know this, in February than it is in September and October. And then that way, you could have these coaches watching. Things could be a little different. That's just kind of a different angle. Your thoughts on something like that happening maybe down the road and just how it would benefit so many different things. You know, I've never really thought about it like that. Um, but that, that, it does. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think I think the biggest hurdle with that is just, you know, the, the idea of tradition um, and, and, and the fact that, you know, it's right. kind of always been this way. Um, I think that's going to be kind of hard for people to wrap their head around. But I think as far as practicality goes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, not only to, like you said, stagger um, the, the college and the, the high school seasons, that way they are able to, to, to see it, um, but also the weather. Right. You're right. I mean, when you start baseball in January and February – I mean, you know as bad as, as good as I do, it's no fun hitting a baseball when it's 30 degrees outside, 40 degrees outside. Um, you know, catching a fastball behind a plate um, when it's that cold and, and the wind and, and the rain, it, it, it's no fun. It definitely is no fun. Um, and, you know, we've talked about it. I've talked about it since I've been a player. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that would be a great idea to kind of switch them and, and stagger them. That way you do get more of a, a, a true weather sense um, for your sport. Um, weather specific and everything. Um, I think that'd be a great idea. You start baseball in August and and go till you know December, and then flip football right there in the cold. I mean, I think I think that's great. I'd be on board with that. Man, I love it. And I thought about this, and I, I can't take credit for everything because I do have the opportunity to talk to so many great coaches around the state and around the country, and you know, just in and out of what we do here at Southern Sports Central. But I thought to myself, man, you know, there's so many great things for recruiting purposes alone for our kids to be oh, able man. to go and watch a baseball game. So the coaches that come in the spring, and, and the same goes for football. Let's think about football for a minute here when, you know, these kids are playing in the fall, and so are the football coaches. They really can't come and watch them. And, you know, the tour is a little different on a Saturday because they just got done playing Friday night, and most of the time they're getting beat up, beat around, because it's not a contact sport. That's what baseball is, by the way. Football is a collision sport. I mean, it's like watching the gladiators get each other. Um, you know, with that being said, I, I just I like it, and maybe this social thing and this whole COVID thing, we can we can think about it. But coach, I want to say thank you so much for kind of last minute getting you in. But this isn't a, this is the first of many. I love your attitude, the atmosphere. We're going to do a baseball show here uh, throughout the season next year, so I want to get you involved on that as well. But if you could, uh, I'm going to send you my number. Reach out to me and let's let's get your 10 seniors recognized. Let's get them on the air for our senior spotlight and uh, show them some Absolutely. love. But um, one thing we like to do before we get you out of here, Coach, is speak to the young men to your left as if you're at the podium. And this is your senior – this is your banquet 2020 right here in Southern Sports Central. So, for your senior athletes to the left, speak to those guys really quick. And over to the other side of the room, you've got your upperclassmen coming up. What would you tell each of these two groups of uh, men that are coming in different directions? Well, first of all, to the seniors, I just, you know – I just want to say thank you um, for all the time and the, the, the energy and the, the sacrifices that they've made for, for the Fort Chester program. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I can't tell you how much um, you guys mean to me. I love you. Um, I, I wish you nothing but the best, and I know you're going to do well um, in, in, at the next level, whether it be playing at the next level, whether it be just you know going off into the, the career field. Um, but you guys, all 10 of you, I mean, you're great guys. There's not a, a turd in the bunch. 
Um, and, you know, I'm really going to miss you. Hopefully you come back and, and contribute back to the program. Um, to the younger guys, you know, we, uh, we got a lot to learn from these seniors. Um, like I said, not only on the field and ability-wise and what you do X's and O's, but also how you act and how you carry yourself um, when things are going good and when things are going bad, um, how you, you know, rely on each other, rely on the team to get you through tough situations. Um, I think that's, that's one of the big lessons that our, our uh, 10 seniors have, have taught us. Um, but just know that, that you know, the, the talent's still there, the, the, the uh, potential's still there, and just because we didn't get a chance to show it this year doesn't mean we're not going to have a chance next year. And just to keep working hard and, and come out next year ready to go and ready to kind of, I don't know, I hate to use the word avenge, but avenge this season and, and, and maybe go out there and, and uh, win something for these seniors that didn't get a chance to win it for themselves. No doubt about it, Coach. God bless you, your family. Uh, you know, I know that this is a tough time for you in so many ways, but if anything you need, if there's a platform you need to jump on, and we say this to every coach that jumps on here, we are very blessed to get uh, the opportunity to be a part of your team now because now we're going to go get us a Ford hat and, and some shirts to put in here in the studio and, and, and show some, some love for you guys as well. But uh, thank you so much, Coach, for uh, giving the time, the energy, and the effort for the kids and now being a part of our show here on Southern Sports Central. But, Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You got it, buddy. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. He's the head coach, the skipper, if you will, of the head baseball program over there at Fort Dorchester. We leave the Fort Dorchester baseball field, and we'll drive the bus out of break. We're heading to the track where there's an alumni jumping in here with us, Jasmine Quinn. She ran it to Fort. She ran at Kentucky. She ran in the Olympics. And now she's going to run on the Southern Sports Central coming out of break here. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live. It is top of the hour. We're against it. We'll be right back right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elvin here live on Southern Sports Central. We've got the coach, Eugene Benton, here live with us as well. And this has been two solid hours of jam-packed conversation at the fort. We are live on location. Well, we're in the studio. We're here at the Factory Sports and Training Studios here in Somerville, South Carolina. But we are virtually hanging out on the campus over there at Fort Dorchester, which is not too far away from the back doors and the front doors of the studios here in uh, Somerville, South Carolina. Now, they're in North Charleston, but they're – part of that Dorchester County two uh, school district. So they're committed. Uh, they're, they, they are also considered a Somerville school, if you will. But they do their thing, and they're doing big things. We, of course, heard from their principal in hour number one. We started off with uh, Mr. Tripp Aldridge. He joined us, talked about so many great things that are happening over at the fort, not only on the athletic side of life, but, oh, boy, did we talk about the academics. We talked about some of the acting and the singing and, other production areas where they're building robots. I mean, you name it, they're doing it, and they do it big because you hear it from that principle. He says it starts with me, and I'm going to let it start big. And so we like that uh, impact that he brings to social media, by the way. These principles get it, man. If you want to reach out to the youth, you got to get hit. You got to get in. You got to do the things that they're, of course, recognizing. I'm not sure if he's got a TikTok account. We should have asked him, uh, as I'm sure he's going to, 
he seems, I mean, they said he played the drums. He said he played the drums a couple weeks ago or last week. So uh, he's definitely ready to roll. Now, one guy, I'm sure he doesn't have one. But if I could do anything, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to get Coach LaPrade to get a TikTok one over there at the uh, LaPrade Resort uh, area over there. As he called in there, uh, probably poolside, if you will, with the family and Miss Beth allowing that to happen. Uh, we appreciate the LaPrades for always being willing to come on here to Southern Sports Central. We take a lot of pride in these coaches, what they do on and off the field. But um, to get in here with him and have that conversation from the athletic director, of course, Coach Pratt's been there a long time. He's seen a lot of great things happen, not just on the football field, because I know you relate that to football, but track and field, he's seen it happen. The band, the softball field, the soccer field, the horse uh, track and field, like I mentioned, so many things he's had, you know, his opportunity to be a part of and really kind of maneuver his way to help whatever he can do. Now, we also had Ronnie Sayers, the new baseball coach. He's been there, well, five years, but uh, took over for Coach Radcliffe, who did great things uh, as well. You heard his, his excitement, but yet a little let down. So, of course, what we're going to do uh, is, uh, you know, we're always going to bring these coaches in here and let them talk about their kids. And how would you imagine being a coach and you got ten guys or girls on your team and you had to let them know that, yes, this is it, there is no more season, and uh, you could hear it in his heart as he kind of broke down that conversation as well. Well, we're going to speed it up a little bit because we're getting to go to the fastest lady in the fort. And, of course, that's without doubt Miss Jasmine Quinn joins us, I believe, coming to us from the Sunshine State of Orlando, Florida. Of course, uh, Jasmine, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out for us here on the show. Thank you. So we're excited to have you. Now, you get to do a lot of running, okay? You get to do a lot of running, and, and I don't know if you run for fun, but you do a lot of it. You've done it at, at Fort Worcester. You did it at Kentucky. We're going to talk some Olympic stuff with you, too, by the way. Who knew? You're just quite the superstar when it comes to track and field and the hurdles and all the things that you've done. But radio, probably not a lot of doing because you guys and girls do a lot of running. You've been down, you get your award, and then it's on to the next race. Uh, tell us, uh, you know, what have you been up to the last couple of years or what you've been up to here lately? Um, I mean, now I am a professional track runner um, sponsored by Nike. So ever since – I want to say, yeah, 2018 after graduation, um, I just been, you're just training and getting ready for each year. We basically have a championship. Um, everybody knows of the Olympics, of course, that's the biggest one. Um, but you know, every other year we have world championships and then we'll have an off year. So, um, basically you train for every, every year you're, you're training for a championship, honestly. <laughs> so that's, um, that's what's been going on in my life. But this year has just been a little hold up because of everything going on. Right. So when you look at your days back at Fort Dorchester, let's start there. Let's start a little bit, of course, uh, not that long ago, but long enough that, of course, uh, it's hard to believe how quick it goes by. We tell kids all the time, if you close your eyes, man, it seems like just yesterday, but it's, it's definitely not that. But, you know, you started running track at summer, or excuse me, at Fort Dorchester back in your freshman days, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us, First of all, what got you in the track, and, and what was it like running over there at a school that, that had a ton of speed and, and, and a lot of great athletes on the track? Well, I got introduced to it because my dad was the sprint coach there, um, and my brother was also running, and um, they just kept asking me to come out and stuff like that. I was a little hesitant because I was a gymnast for eight years, so I kind of just wanted a break, and I didn't really – I knew track was just all running, and I was like, I really don't want to do this. But, um, I mean, I just – I kind of got talked into it. <laughs> and I went out there and 
trying hurdles on the first day, and I just fell in love with it, um, especially being under my under my dad, somebody, you know, I already know and I can trust. So um, definitely my dad and my brother were the reason why I started. Now, of course, your brother is Robert Quinn, who played football at the Ford. He then, of course, went on and played football in college at the University of North Carolina. He also got drafted by the Rams, and then, of course, he's, He's gone to the Cowboys. I believe now he's at the Bears. But, but I mean, athletics, is that's just – I don't know what mom and dad are feeding you over there. Maybe I need to send my young kids over there and let them eat with your mom and dad, of course, <laughs> while you and your brother are gone. But it's working, man. You kids are fast. You're big. You're smart. you got everything going for you. But, but how cool was it? I mean, you know, I, I'm a dad. I was a coach of my son. And he may not tell you it was cool to have my dad as a coach. But I had my father as a coach. It was kind of neat. It was a different type of neat, though. They were the hardest on us, but we loved them for that. Mm-hmm. So what was it like uh, having your dad as your coach over there at Ford? Um, it was it was just a you know love. It was kind of that love hate relationship. Yeah, I um, had to him being my father, so it was like all right, this is our relationship. But then if you know he's also my track coach, so I had to see him as a as a coach too. And um, right, yeah, we bumped heads a lot of times because I was like, I was just looking at him as my father. Like I wasn't looking at him as <laughs> coach and yeah that that was a little it was it was rough but I ended up learning when it came to like my junior year of high school um that's when I kind of separated the two and was like all right let's let's get to work let's let's start handling business yeah my dad used to kick me off the team in little league a bunch I got kicked off all the time I was always kicked off and I just you know I was kind of an agent when I was even younger because I was like I'll come back and I'll give you something you can't keep kicking me off because I'm I'm losing street cred here with my buddies. I'm, you know, I'm having to lose baseball cards to get back in here. <laughs> so, I mean, my dad, would, it was all the time. He was picking me up. I was like, man, I don't want to play for you no more. So I remember one season in Little League, I, was, I went to the direction. I was like, can my dad trade me? I don't want to play no more. But, yeah, you look back at those days. Those are the, those are the fun, like you're laughing. Those are the fun memories that you have. But you mentioned gymnasts. I mean, you know, we've seen so many documentaries and 30 for 30s on gymnasts and the dedication that they have. But I'm going to tell you something. I, and I've been blessed to have a lot of track stars and, and, and future athletes. And, you know, all the way from, you know, Imagine Patterson, which you know Imagine really well. Of course, uh, Angel Franks was on with us the other week. And mm-hmm. uh, just a lot of other ones. We have a track coach from Coastal that listens to us, probably listens to us now because he knows you're on. Uh, they brought us so many athletes. But, it's a dedication. I told you off the air that I run four miles a day, six days a week, and I do it because I just, you know, I want to try to keep at least somewhat of dignity here with this whole COVID thing <laughs> being 42. But, you know, for you guys and girls that run short distance, if you will, y'all don't focus as much on the long term. It's kind of a short term. But how much dedication is it compared to being a gymnast to being a track star? Um, I mean – I'd, I'd definitely say, like, and just do both. Like, you, whatever you're doing, like, you have to be 100%, like, dedicated to that. Um, you know, I was a kid doing gymnastics, and I had, you know, I looked up to, to other gymnasts. Um, I feel like I was a little, I'm not going to say I was a little bit more dedicated, but just being a kid and wanting to be like these other gymnasts out here, these elite gymnasts, um, you know, that's, that'll be, like, the difference there with track. Track is um, this, this. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to put it with track because it's just like what you what you put out there in practice, and which is only running. Um, that's what that's what's gonna show up at the meet. Like honestly, um, but I'm I'm older now, so um, definitely. 
I'll I'll say for me, I don't, I can't even I I honestly can't even like compare the two because you they're both they're really it's really hard two hard sports um that requires a lot on the body, so I I really can't even compare the two I only can just compare basically what my the age wise for me. And right. now that I'm older and I kind of, you know, I'm tired <laughs> um, right now, like I have to be a lot more dedicated because I'm, 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 it's pushing it. I'm getting up there, Nate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Just wait. One day you'll wake up and you'll be a beautiful 42 like myself. And trust me, you're young. <laughs> I think lower 20s, but I'm going to get you up there. I, I get it. And, and I can only imagine, you know, I've seen videos and, and I've watched different things that people have sent me with you and, you know, one where you're on the bike and your shins are just hurting so bad, you're just leaning forward to get through that pain. It's, it's like get on to the next, at least feeling, if you will. And I've seen you where you, you know, and I watch it. I watch it at Somerville. I was actually at this last track meet that they had at Somerville. There was about 25 different schools there, and they do, you know, their big, uh, their big track meet that just happened uh, about a month or so ago there at the Raising Canes. And, and you watch these athletes give it everything they got. Not all of them are built. You know, like Mr. Davis over at Woodland, this kid's like six foot seven. I mean, it's almost like he's cheating, just taking strides. And all these other kids with miniature legs like myself are, you know, we're giving it all we got, man. And that tank just doesn't run as much. But, you know, you watch you guys and girls fall down at the end because you've given it all you've got. Kind of tell us your thoughts on, on, on some of those things that you've kind of done because I've seen a couple of pictures where you've won some races and you're just sitting there and you could just, you don't have anything else to give, and you're all but struggling just to get off your lane to get up to the sideline so they can go to the next race. Um, I mean, only time I, for me I really struggled getting off the track was in a four-by-four because four. <laughs> I am, I mean, I'm a 100 hurdler, so, you know, just getting out there to run a whole lap around the track, like, and that's, that's a sprint. Mm. So that's the only time <laughs> I really, like <laughs> – struggled where I'm like walking off the track um I mean that's you just you, that's what you do you have to give it all you got and then after the race it's kind of like all right I can take it I can take a breather and it's gonna take a minute but um I mean usually that's that's what you train for so it's kind of like any anything over the 400 I honestly I, I don't I don't understand how they do it because there's no way I'm going, I'm going to be going laps like that. Like, that's, that's a whole different mindset to have. But, I, yeah, I, I definitely just say, like, that right there is, is that's what you train for. So you, you know what comes behind it every time you step on the line. Right. Now, of course, we, we're very blessed to have a lot of future track stars and, and current track stars around. Uh, you know, I've mentioned a few names here, but you by far have set the bar so high for these girls. And, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think some of these guys – matter of fact, I don't know any guy that can beat you. I watched you run the other day on one of your films. I was like, yep, <laughs> they're definitely not faster than you. And I don't know. Cause, well, let me ask you this. Is, who's faster? You or Robert, first of all? <laughs> I'm definitely going. Or do we need to do a Southern Sports <laughs> Challenge? Because I feel one coming on somewhere over at the fourth. <laughs> I'm beating Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know this? Is he aware of this? Is this something that we need to keep up between us and everybody listening? Oh yeah, he knows it. I mean, we've been asked this question a lot. I'll tell. Him, I'll call him right now. Just like, Robert, I'm fascinating. <laughs> and I bet you yeah, probably could do him in a takedown too. I, I I just see it all over again. And Robert's probably going to agree with me to some degree at least. But you know, when you look at your days at Fort Jasmine and kind of get us through the, the the first through the fourth and. 
and you realize probably like you mentioned that junior year and don't we always hear that and now you're telling young other athletes it's your junior year when that light comes on and you figure out look this is the most important year everybody's going to recruit you at this point you're either in or you're out by your junior year that'd be kind of a fair thing to say what was it for you that you started getting these offers and kind of tell us a little bit how did this start happening when did you get your first letter who was it from and and how were the other schools that looked at you, and why was it that Kentucky Blue that pulled you over there to the SEC to run in a track and field? By the way, they talk about football in the SEC, but track and field is, oh, don't let it fool you. It's as big as football in the SEC. Definitely. Um, for me, I, I definitely say um, junior year, I, I, I didn't know my talent when it came to track. You know, ninth grade, um, I just went out there just to – you know, my friends were out there, too. So, ninth grade, it wasn't nothing serious to me. I didn't know anything or if I could even be that good. Tenth grade, I pulled my hip flexor, so I didn't even have a season in tenth grade year. And um, uh, junior year, I just, I was, I don't know. We just had, like, a like a scrimmage, I guess. And um, that's when I kind of figured out, like, okay, like, I actually can be good at this. And, um my dad was just, he was just telling me, because, you know, the scrimmage, we just had hand time, so we converted all of that stuff. And right there, that's when I kind of, like, realized, all right, like, I do have some talent, and I probably can go far in this. And then um, just kept training really hard and seeing, like, progression as the season went. And um, after I won, I won state in long jump, 100 hurdles, the 100 and the 200, and um, that's when Coach Edric Floreal, he was at Kentucky at the time, he he contacted me. I think it's until – I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. But um, I know Kentucky was what came in, and, you know, when I first seen the letter, I'm like, Kentucky? Like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, you know, like, I, I didn't really get much hear anything about Kentucky. So, you know, when I first, you know, heard about it and, and stuff like that, I was just – I didn't know what to think because I, I really – I didn't know too much about college track and field either. Like, I just – I knew, like, the, the other schools and stuff like that. Um, but when it came to Kentucky, I really didn't know much. So, um, once I went into my senior year, you know, that's when I could actually start talking and – set up the official visits and things like that and I went and it was it was it was really it was cold and can I just honestly my coach you know coach Edric Floreal he um was the only coach to really stay in contact like he showed his loyalty to me and he showed that he really wanted me to be a part of this team and I've also seen what he did with the athletes that he got that year and um which was that was the 2013-2014 season. And, you know, I was watching that and how much these the athletes that he had under him progressed and stuff like that. So I just – I honestly just – I, I kind of just trusted him. And um, senior year came, and I ran 13-3, um, which was, like, early in the season. And he he sent my papers. He was like, Here's your papers. Like basically, like you sign them, or you know, you don't, you don't have to. You don't, you can go to another school if you want to. And something in me just was just like, you know what? This is the only man that has been loyal. You know, he's been constantly um, 
keeping in contact, showing that he actually wants me to be a part of the team, and I'm going to just trust him. And that's what I did, and I made my way to Kentucky, and it was definitely a, a shock when I got there because it, it's a lot different from South Carolina. But, um, I mean, I, I definitely don't I – don't, I don't regret my decision at all because he is an amazing coach. He's, he's coached so many gold medalists, national champions, SEC champs. I'm, I'm really glad that I actually chose Kentucky and being a part of that team. I, I honestly feel like we kind of brought in a lot of – we kind of built the program in a sense and put Kentucky on the map. We're live right now with one of the ladies that helped put Kentucky on the map. Of course, that is the one and only, a former Fort Dorchester runner all the way around, up and down, I would say. Of course, uh, Miss Jasmine Quinn joins us right now live on the Southern Sports Central show here as we're coming to you live from the Tent Farm Hotlines. And uh, when we look at this, Jasmine, and it's, it's been a lot of fun having the opportunity to talk to you the other day and then getting you in here today because it's a different angle. I mean, you and I both know they always talk to guys like Robert Quinn, this guy that plays football, and this guy over here that plays baseball. But get the ladies in here to give, give you, you girls an opportunity to say, look, y'all are out here doing it. And I'm going to be honest with you, in a lot of sports, you're out doing the fellas. I mean, I'm going to be quite frank with you. I, I've seen a couple of mm-hmm. sports where I almost – thought about definitely in high school. I think I was telling you this off the air, and this is a Southern Sports Central trophy that we're going to put together here locally for each high school. We're going to get hopefully uh, some support here, but I'd like to see the girls versus the guys in sports that they play against each other, be it track and field, be it, uh, you know, basketball and softball can go against baseball at the end of the year, give you that Southern Sports Central trophy for whoever wins, either guys or the girls. And that's, that's what it's all about, competition. You know, but when you got to college, Right? Wasn't it? What was it like when you run? And and tell us a little bit about because what we've seen and what we know from listening to the football coaches, they like to see their football players run track in the spring. How many big names or other names that you might have ran with there in Kentucky that played football during the fall but ran track with you there in the spring? Um, nobody. <laughs> nobody. Uh, yeah, we. So we that didn't wasn't have a big nobody. thing in Kentucky. No, no, we didn't. We didn't have that but um honestly I don't I don't think um even would have wanted that to happen because you know if anything happened on the track and then there's right. football, you know, it's kinda like you know, that's something you you really just don't want to happen under you. Because um, it's 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 different. It's it's a lot different. Like uh football speed and track speed is, is it's two different speeds. Workouts are completely different and it takes a lot to even get accustomed to it. And um yeah, we, we didn't have nobody from our football team on the track team at all. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, and this is one of the uh, – the, I'm going to actually bring in Eugene real quick. Eugene's got a question about, uh, you know, some things as well. Eugene, I know you've got a lot of things going on, but I want to give you a chance to talk to uh, Ms. Jasmine yourself and ask a few questions that you've uh, kind of been sending me messages there, big guy. <laughs> Definitely. Hello, Jasmine. It's Eugene. I just want to say I'm – you know, I hadn't met you before. I, I really, honestly, I didn't know about you until Richie was talking to me uh, a few days ago about you and your career. You know, I'm a big fan of your brother. Followed him through uh, UNC and into the NFL. But uh, so there's a picture of you in your Kentucky jersey, and I have a few uh, tats myself. On, and you know, I, I I put them on my chest and shoulder area. Uh, what's up with the tattoo on your left shoulder? And what's the uh, what's the words and and what's it mean? Um, well, that's my mom's birthday I have on my shoulder. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I just, yeah, that's just, it's Roman numerals I have on top of my, um, 
left shoulder and a little and a, rose that I, I want to get cut a little. because it's <laughs> <laughs> not a little rose. It's not a little. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, and, and that's an awesome tribute to your mom, um, and especially now, you know, ironically, we're here talking to you about that on Mother's Day. But um, so, so when you got to Kentucky or, or, you know, like you said, you didn't know much about it. Uh, I've visited the campus a couple of times. And it's a beautiful school. Um, you know, so what did you study in Kentucky? Um, community and leadership development. I actually wanted to get into, um, like, dental, but um, my my cousin's actually, like, a, a dental hygienist. Yeah, she's a dental hygienist, I want to say. And um, she was just like, you don't, you don't have to go to school for those four years there, like, stressing yourself out to do this. So I just listened to what she said because I was like, all right, I still have track. And um, even knowing – what how much that's going to require and things like that. Um, I just knew, like, what I wanted to do on the track as well. And I, I honestly witnessed, you know, other athletes have to choose, you know, the education over the sport, and they would quit. And I was like, I don't – I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing that at <laughs> right. all. So I just chose um, a simple route, and I was just like, I just do community um, and leadership development, which a lot of athletes do. And um, okay. but yeah, that's that's just for the time well, being. I kind of want to get into real estate. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and no disrespect to Coach Goodman, he's the track coach at Coastal. He's been on our show a few times and and had some incoming athletes. But uh, give us your cell. You know what would you what would you say to you know any other track athlete who wants to follow you and and looks up to you right now? Give us your cell for Kentucky. You know what what would you tell them that's great about Kentucky track and, and why would they or why should they you know, commit or, or run track for Kentucky? Um, I mean, well, personally, like, I – it all deals with the coach, the coach that you, um, you know, you're talking to and things like that. You know, at the time, I was, I was under – You said it was that relationship that took you there. Um, so, what are, you, what are you doing these days? <laughs> Sorry, I, I think my phone may have uh, – so you know, I, I know you did some some stuff with the Olympics after after uh, running track there at school. So what are you doing these days? Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm a professional track runner, so um, I'm still training. Like I'm I'm sponsored by Nike. Like this is a professional world, but yeah. So, so that's why you're down in Orlando. Okay, I get it now. I wasn't sure if you were yeah, still yeah, yeah. or if it's like a. So are you are you set to are you training for the next Olympics still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this year just was put on pause, so we're just kind of we took a step back, but we're um still training. Gotcha. And um, if you know, send a shout back, shout out back to your high school because we have a you know we had the principal on earlier, and uh, you know which you know like you said he wasn't the principal when you were there, but you know we still have it. We've had coaches on from 4D. It's kind of our our bus stop, so to speak, our campus tour at 4D tonight. So uh, if there were some words of advice or wisdom you would send out to the track athletes at Fort D, what would your words of wisdom be? Definitely just, I mean, you step out on that track. If you choose to run track, you, you need to put your all into it because it's, it's not going to be easy. It's never going to be an easy day. Um, so definitely just just put your heart out there. And, and every time you, you step on that line, you need to give it all you all you got. Awesome. We appreciate your time here at Southern Sports Central, you know, and I know Richie always signs off and 
you know, it, it was great to meet you. Like I said, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of your brother and uh, follow his career, followed it through UNC and all that. And, uh, you know, it's great to have you on. It's just, you know, like Richie said, man, I want to send my kids over to your parents' house too. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and I consider myself a, uh, I'm not a chef. I've never been trained. I've taken a few classes and, but I'm a food guy. I love, I love eating clean, eating healthy, you know, with clean proteins and, and fresh vegetables and things like that. But whatever they are doing is probably better than what I'm doing because the proof is in the pudding or, uh, you know, either that or it's genetics or, or both. But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about just driving my kids. I live at Park Circle in North Charleston, so it's not that far to go. So, um, and my parents actually just built a house right behind Fort D. So, you know, I'm gonna send them over to my parents' house and just tell them drop them off at the Quins. <laughs> you know, so whatever they're doing is super successful over there. And but uh, thank you for your time here, and uh, it's been great listening to you. Um, and, and thank you for your contribution. And, and like I said, your words of wisdom because. You never know what athlete or, or what parent or whoever's listening to the show. And it just mm-hmm. might be one thing they just pick up on. And so um, I just want to thank you for, for your time and for your words. Thank you so much. Well, Jasmine, I can tell you this. First of all, this is first of many. We're going to keep you on the line with this, uh, you know, throughout the summer because we want to know what you're doing. We want to get in kind of the mindset, you know, because, you know, the conditioning you're doing is the same thing that any athlete should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, off the field, you know, getting, eating properly. And by the way, you can agree with this. Eating healthy is expensive. I mean, it's it's hard to do, number one, but it's really expensive. Or is it expensive? I, I shouldn't put words in your mouth. Is it as expensive as they make it out to be? I know I go out, try to eat a little healthier sometimes, and it seems like, man, it's it's a bit on the pricey end. Uh, it is. Um, I mean, it all depends on what, I mean, it's, Depends what you what you what you like to eat, and um, but you can right. always substitute. You can instead of buying, you know this this type of vegetable. Like, does it come frozen? <laughs> can you steam it? Like, <laughs> I just think of things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm not I, honestly, I'm not the healthiest eater, but I look at it as I run it off. So, right, um, that's my excuse. <laughs> but I don't I don't really. Um, yeah, I definitely say it's more expensive though. Just trying to keep up with the lifestyle and constantly having to eat sure. the healthy because the food runs out so quick. No doubt. And 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 again, I, I'm that guy when, when it's all put down and, and and things are put together. I say everything's good in moderation. I get sodas are bad. Anything that you can pour on a battery and it kills the acid. That right there shows me I probably don't need to put this in my ba- not my body. But I just I, mm-hmm. I just lay a devil's advocate saying it's just eating away all the bad stuff on the inside, right? I mean that's what it does on my battery. So I drink maybe you know one a day if I'm if I'm really good, or at least one in the morning, one at night. And I buy a twelve pack, and if I drink them all in one weekend, then I got to suffer the headache from the withdrawal all week long. But it's a discipline thing. Mm-hmm. And so again, you know it, whatever your 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 I guess your poison is, if you will, just kind of do it in moderation. But you know, I'd love to get you in on a regular basis now that we've kind of introduced you to, to the crowd here. And, again, you know, I was aware of who you are, Coach. Uh, coach Call has chimed in. He listens to the show a lot. He used to be the, uh, a coach up at Somerville. Now he's relocated to another school. Uh, but he speaks highly of you. A lot of other coaches have inboxes saying what a great individual you are. And I think you should hear this because you don't always hear how many people think good about you. You only hear the negative stuff. I mean, that's just how it goes. But, so many people since we aired that you were coming on and since you've been on have spoken nothing but so many great things about you and the impact that you had in this community and just that you were one of the nicest, sweetest persons 
that they ever could, could, could imagine. Now, Robert probably won't say the same thing, right? We understand that. That's your brother. That's usually what brothers do. I have a sister as well. But I can tell you this. It's been an honor having you on. Um, you know, and, and give me a moment on that track over there at Fort Dorchester that when you kind of think about your days, and you may not have many of them, and, and it may get a little bit, the older you get, you're going to think more about it probably anyways. But what's a moment at, at, over at Fort Dorchester on that track that you think back that kind of was, wow, that's what happened? Or, or is this something that you remember when you do think about your days running at Fort Dorchester? Um, I'd definitely say, <sighs> I guess when I I won I guess winning the eight titles within two years, um, in the line after the two hundred, at state and, you know just just wearing my my fort uniform for the last time, um, that was a that was a that was a big that was a big moment for me because you know right there I was like all right high school's over, you know it's it's the next step but um, definitely just saying. At state being able to bring in my my eighth title and you know representing Fort Dorchester. Well, you keep doing it. We wish you the best of luck. You're going to do great things and get that gold medal. We'd love to get you in here because we've never had a I don't think we've ever had a gold medal uh, winner here, but we will because we've got you in the pipeline. So we're excited. I get down to Orlando from time to time. I'd like to get a chance down there to catch up. If you come home, you got to promise me that we'll catch up and we can. Kind of hang out a little bit. You can give us some more war stories or some heads, uh, you know, as far as uh, what you see, what you've, what you've gone through, and some advice. Because, like Eugene said, the one thing that you may say is the one thing that someone needs to hear. It's kind of like when we go to church, right? What I hear in the church mm-hmm. service is something totally different than you hear, right? Uh, something that, that, that you need to get is something that I, you know, I, I didn't hear the same message. But for what you do and for what you've done, Jasmine, I, I got a lot of love for what you're putting out here, and, and I can't tell you enough how proud we are of you here in the Low Country. Southern Sports Central is proud of you, and uh, you know we'd love to support you any way we can. And uh, again, we appreciate your time tonight on the air with me. Thank you. Enjoy your night. Enjoy what's left of Sunday, and uh, hopefully we'll open these doors and we'll be able to get you back running. But uh, hit us up when you get back, and I'll catch up with you off the air, Jasmine. Okay. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't happen often, but, boy, when we get a Hall of Famer, I mean, we got a track star. She ran in the SEC. She's done about everything under the sun, literally. We got to get her on the air, and she did just that. Of course, that was uh, the former track star, Jasmine Quint, uh, from Fort Dorchester. Of course, the Quint name is a big name over at the Fort. Her brother, Robert Quint, plays for the Chicago Bears uh, in a five-star family, way before they hit a field. Uh, we do have to head to break, but before we do that, uh, Eugene, of course, uh, and uh, he was part of the coaching staff and still has a role over there with Oceanside, the Land Sharks, who they are dealing with, one of their coaches, who, uh, again, uh, through all this craziness and busy time, there's so many individuals who are dealing with so much. And to add uh, to it right now, I know Coach Nate is one of their uh, coaches over there who is literally fighting for his life as we speak, and, and this may be uh, one of the final nights, and we are going to have another moment of silence, and we're going to go to a break. I've got a, a, a young man that's heading to New, excuse me, North Greenville uh, from the Fort Dorchester baseball team as a senior is going to join us here coming out of break. But, Eugene, I'd love for you to, um, number one, let everybody at the Oceanside family where you're heading over there currently, you're going to leave the air with us right now. We're going to head over to uh, uh, the house where Coach Nate's at. And I hope that you send our condolences, our thoughts, our prayers with everybody over there. 
and just letting them know that we're here. I'm here personally as well. If anything we can do, let us know, man. But buckle up, be safe, and check in when you get there. Buddy. Yeah, man, thank you a lot. Um, you know, for those listening, uh, the, the last report just came in, wasn't very good. And, uh, you know, but, you know, it, it's not over. Nate's a fighter, um, you know. We just hope and pray maybe he can make it through the night. And, uh, you know, God, it's in God's hands now. Um, you know, the doctors have done all they can do. And, uh, you know, it's to the point where, you know, they said, you know, it's basically up to him. And um, his body has been through a two-year fight. You know, he, he didn't quit. He didn't stop, you know, at the beginning and, and just fold up. You know, he fought for two years. And, you know, maybe his, his, bo- his body's just, you know, has fought for two years. And uh, But anyway, um, just, you know, we welcome all thoughts and prayers. Um, if anybody, you know, would take a moment and just uh, send a prayer to, to Nate and to his family. He's got two sons who are now in town. Uh, they live out of state. And uh, for everybody else in the in the uh, Oceanside family and community, um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's going to be a long night. Thank you, Rich. Well, we're here for you, big guy. No worries. We'll talk to you uh, off here, and we'll catch up back with you Tuesday night, my friend. All right, so there you go, Eugene Benton checking in, checking out. He's uh, one of the other half of Southern Sports Central, and I tell you what, it's just what we do, okay? Uh, thoughts and prayers. We're going to have a quick moment of silence. I'll play a little song here. We'll come back. We're going to go back to the Diamond over there at the Fort. We're going to check in with a young man that's heading to North Greenville as he gets that diploma and gets that uh, well, opportunity to play college ball at the next level. I've had that opportunity, and he is in for a treat. A lot of work, but he's not afraid of work because he's been doing it over there for Fort. And that course is the one and only Mr. Pat Monty. He'll join us right here next on Southern Sports Central, guys. Pause for a, a quick moment of silence, and then we'll go to a song and come right back, guys. back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here alongside, well, I've got a guest in here with us because of the fact that Eugene has stepped away. There's a little situation that he's going to go uh, be a part of over at, of course, the Oceanside uh, side of life there is uh, they are holding on strong to uh, Coach Nate, who is one of their coaches and football staff who's uh, going through it, man, and he may or may not make it through the night. He's been dealing with cancer. He's been battling strong and doing some great things. He was a guest about three or four weeks ago with us here, and uh, thank God for the opportunity to have him in here with us here as uh, we are now going to head back to the diamond. And without further ado, I bring in one of their All-American studs who was poised to win a state championship. They were ranked way up there on the charts, and they were number one in a lot of their hearts over there at the Fort. Of course, the one and only joins us now, Mr. Pat Montes joins us. Uh, what's up, Pat? How you doing, buddy? What's up? Can you hear me? I got you loud and clear there, buddy. Glad to have you with us. And, I love it, man. You already sound like you've done this before, man. You've been on the radio before? I have not. First time. 
first-time caller, long-time listener. That's what they usually say. I'm just messing with you. So <laughs> you're going to do it a lot at North Greenville, man. Uh, good coach up there, by the way, at North Greenville. Uh, have you made the trip to the uh, to the campus? I would imagine a couple of times. You know a little bit about the uh, the units in the back. They've got the, the different alphabets, the G unit, a lot of athletes. I know live back there. Yes, sir, absolutely. I love the coach. Love the place up there. It's awesome. You play for a pretty good coach here. Coach Sayers has done things for five years. He's been your coach since your day of uh, landing on that campus playing some baseball, man. Uh, first of all, short season, but uh, you guys made some great memories early. Let's talk a little bit about that. As uh, I'm going to keep you for about ten minutes. But, uh, you know, first of all, my heart, thoughts, and prayers go with you on, on such a, a hard thing to deal with, uh, not only physically but emotionally. You know, and I'm, I'm sure you've had different moments where you've sat there at your house and you, you just kind of hit you, man. It's kind of – Kind of very surreal through certain parts of the day. Is that be kind of a fair uh, assessment there, Pat? Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's tough, you know. So when you look at it, man, what's the one thing uh, that, that being a Patriot, playing at Fort Dorchester, and, and kind of give us how long have you played at Fort? What's your time on varsity? What position you play? Kind of give us a rundown, an introduction to who is Mr. Pat Monte. Um, I transferred to Fort my junior year from Stahl. Um, came in, played varsity. Um, I'm kind of a utility guy. I played most. I played third most of last year. Caught a few games, and it was going to be the same kind of deal this year. Um, pit, I also pitch a little bit, but. Yeah. So what side of the hill do you throw from? You're coming from the left side, the right side, or do you throw with both sides? Man, what kind of what kind of arm do you got? No, I'm a I'm a righty. Oh, I won't hold that against you. I'm a lefty, but I won't hold that against you. I figured you can't be great at everything, right? So, <laughs> yeah, not quite. Look at this thing and, and, and the big picture of things. You know, there's a lot of life lessons that you learn, and baseball is one of those things that, you know, it, it's a sport that's unlike any other sport. I played it in high school. I played it in college and, and a little bit past that. But that being said, Pat, you know, it's the one thing, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. And, and there's some truth to that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what's the one thing about baseball? How long have you played? You, I would imagine you've played baseball your whole life, and, and it's one of those moments that you probably started picking up a ball about, what, fourth grade? You know, why baseball? There's so many other athletic sports to play. Why do you, why do you stick to that game? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of the game The game can really slow down. Um, there's There's a – a lot more to it than just the physicality of it. Um, right. It's just, you know, it, it's fun. You, it's There's, you know, a million different reasons, but it's just, it's a lot more than, you know, the physicality, like I said. It's, you know, you got every pitch, something different's happening. Somebody's at a different spot. Uh, you're going to throw a different pitch fairly often. There's there's just a million different aspects of the game that are that intrigues me so much. Well, it's definitely a game of chess, and I say this to the older kids as we started coaching. I had a chance to uh, – actually, I coached a couple of kids on your team. I know for sure three kids, of course. Uh, Justin uh, is one. He's a pitcher on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, the twins, they're, they're – you know, they might not be the tallest, but, boy, those little cats can run. God, they can run. They can mm-hmm. play about every position. Their, their dad's allowed them – to kind of become a utility player themselves. And there's a handful of other great athletes that you're surrounded by. And I used to tell these kids, the older we get, 
the more of a game of chess it becomes than a baseball game it does because what's on first and third if you're on the mound, you know, it's a lot different than who's on second and first, right? You had to kind of un- understand as a pitcher, right, you're already thinking, what am I going to do next? You just can't get the ball and then think. You have to kind of already played it out in your mind. What's one of the toughest things that you've had to face in your two years at Fort, and what was the hardest transition from you coming from Stahl going into Fort? Um, the hardest the hardest transition was absolutely just the, the expectations of the team. You know, when I was at Stahl, it was, you know, we were not a good baseball team at all. We'd, we'd give teams our best run, um, but, uh, I mean, it was rough. And then coming to Fort, you know, this was – my, last year, my junior was supposed to be the you know the expectation year. We were supposed to do big things, make a run in the region, make a run in playoffs, and it's just having to live up to expectations really change. Well, I tell you what, you start looking at this thing, you get the conversation had, and I would imagine you, like a lot of people, sat there and watched the the, the uh, I guess it's the the new era of, of communication through the world of social media, be it Facebook or, or Twitter or wherever you were able to find the Zoom meeting from the high school league, did you kind of see this coming there like a lot of us? I kind of thought it was going to – unfortunately, I didn't see us playing because it, the time it took us to get back and get us back in shape. But, you know, did you kind of expect this outcome when everything kind of started to shut down? Yeah, as soon as I saw – as soon as, you know, college college sports went, I was, you know, couldn't couldn't be super hopeful. It was, you know, it was hard. You know, it's hard to see, and you see the Little League, man. I mean, I saw the Little League field there, and it shut down. So, you know it's a serious deal with Disney World and the Little League, you know, starts to shut down. It, it, it seems to be quite the, the impact here. So, you're heading to North Greenville. You finished your days basically over at the fort. Now, what, what's your major? Why, why North Greenville? Why was this a college, and what major are you looking to further that education then, Pat? Um, I'm planning on majoring in health science. I'd like to get into physical therapy, something along that trail, whether it's physical therapy, athletic training, somewhere in there. Um, Out of the schools, I got an offer to play baseball from North Greenville really piqued my interest because they were, they were the first school to really take interest in me. And you know, that, that feels good, you know, and then absolutely love the coaching staff they have there. They really, got a good thing going baseball wise. And it's just, I just got a different feeling at that school. It felt much more like a brotherhood. It was, it was awesome from day one. Well, you know, it's funny. We just had on a, a track star who graduated from the fort uh, just moments ago, Jasmine Quinn. She said the same thing about Kentucky. They were the first coach to show them some love. That's why she kind of went there. Now, what are you going to do with that? Are you coming back to school to be a trainer at the high school level? Are you going to go into the college level as a trainer? Is that kind of the field that you're looking to go into? Um, I'd like to college, professional, somewhere along that line. High school is something I'd consider doing, but if I could be a trainer at the college level, that'd be ideal. No doubt about it. Is alive right now with a big man who, of course, uh, is heading to big things. He's just now wrapping up his, his time at the fort. That's Mr. Pat Montez, he will be heading to North Greenville to further that education and for the, that opportunity to play sports. You know, Nick Saban says the best as he says that we go to college to get an education. Why not play a few sports while we're there? So, of course, we're yes, excited sir. about it. So, 
in your two years at the fort, man, I got to hear it, man. What's the best memory you got in those two years that you were standing there? And, of course, uh, it, it was short in this year, unfortunately. But maybe that junior season, what is something that you're going to look back? Or maybe it was the IP Classic, man. You guys showed out, brought out down there in Georgetown. What's the moment that you yeah, always it remember was, as far as being at fort? Without a doubt, either winning the region championship last year or when I hit the home run against Fort Mill this year at the IP Classic. Either one of those two. You know, take takes the cake from her. Now you hit the home run of the Ivy Classic. I'm very familiar with with the outline there. What side of the yard did you go out in? Did you go dead center, far right, or did you hit it over the scoreboard? Um, the one against Fort Mill, it was two two curveball. I hit it just to the right of the green out in center field. So there's those green stands, and then it's so it's like right center center. So Mookie Wilson. I don't know if you know the famous Mookie Wilson, uh, of course, played in the majors for many years. His, I think it was his grandson stood there, and I watched it. I was a lot younger back then. I, went, I used to go and watch it growing up as a kid. And his grandson hit it dead square, dead center, man, over that green bleachers into the street. And that tells you how far wow. and how hard this guy hit it, man. He crushed it. It, it was without a doubt. Uh, when you look at Coach Sears, man, tell me something about Coach Sears that nobody else knows. It's something that you'll remember about this guy who has a ton of energy but a lot of love for you guys. Oh, goodness. Um, gosh, he ah, he loves to just get on base runners. Any minor base running mishap, it is, it's no bueno. That's a, that's a big thing he does not like. All right, so we're sitting here, and this is your final question, your final opportunity to talk to these young kids to the right, which are going to be the upcoming kids that will be the seniors next year, the juniors and the sophomores. And then to your other side of the room, you're going to have your seniors, who I want you to speak to first. You're graduating. Uh, I believe Coach Harris told me 10 of you guys are going to be heading off to college next year or playing, uh, you know, somewhere else, at least um, outside of the high school league. What do you say to the graduating seniors that you're getting ready to walk with, and who, what do you say to the kids you're leaving behind? Um, to the seniors, I just want to say thank you for everything, you know, on, on the diamond or not, it was, it was a blast. I couldn't thank him enough for everything last year, everything this year. I mean, you know, gave me the time of my life. And then to the guys next year, finish unfinished business, you know, come in, work hard. Don't, don't take it for granted because it'll be gone in an instant if you're not careful. Pat, you heard it your whole life, man. Play every game like it's your last game, brother. And, unfortunately, that last game came a lot earlier. You guys got not even a quarter into the uh, 2019-20 season, which was the calendar year that you guys were playing in. Uh, I want to send you my heart and, and, and thoughts and prayers, man. When things get tough, brother, reach out to me. Your coach has my number directly. If coming on this show makes you feel better, brother, come on and host it with me, man. You can ask the same questions and come at it a little different angle. We can We can get all – uh, medical, or if that's what you wanted to do, man, we can ask all the fun questions here, man. But I just want to tell you I'm proud of you because, you know, while I understand being a former baseball player and playing in the college levels and things, man, it's going to be a blast. And trust and believe me, it's a job, all right? Understand it's a grind. You think it's a grind now, grind it times 30,000, and then that's where you're at next year this time. Of course, you're ready for it. I hear your voice, your poise, and I'm excited for your opportunities. And we're going to get up there to see you. You got some other cats up there going with you in other schools, but um, I'm proud of you for the accomplishments baseball. But I'm even more proud of you for getting that diploma, man. Because this is the first thing as a young adult you get to check that box, brother. You'll always be a high school graduate. You'll be able to carry this before you get your 
your your degree or whatever that's going to be of there at North Greenville. But uh, again, congratulations on joining this alumni class at Fort Worcester and the uh, class of 2020. And I know your principal, who was on here earlier with us, he was very poised to, to brag about all of you guys. Mr. Trip Elders joined us, and then your athletic director, Coach uh, Course LaPrade, joined us, and then your baseball coach joined us as well. But uh, we look forward to watching you, man. Keep doing big things, and I appreciate your time here tonight on the show. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, look at that. Class of 2020 for our Spotlight 2020. We get here with a senior. We finally are able to catch up with one of the uh, Fort Dorchester guys, and there's 10 on that roster. We got nine to go, so you can hide, but we'll find you. You can run, but we'll catch you. Trust and believe me. We're going to get you guys on here, and Coach Sayers has promised me he's going to help me get that become a reality as uh, we're excited here on the show and the opportunity uh, to get better, to get faster, and to do the things that need to be done. I am going to reach out because we do have somebody on the 803-422 number here. Good afternoon. We don't have long, but who's joining us on Southern Sports Central? Go ahead in the 803. Who's with us? Well, we lost them there, so we'll have to catch back with them on the next time because we're not up against uh, too much free time. So, unfortunately, uh, you know, here's the thing. If you want to catch up with us, we'd love a chance to catch in here and, and, and talk to us. Anytime we're live on the air, you can call us directly at 323-784-9681. That, of course, is the Tent Farm Hotline. We'd love to hear from you here on the show as we, of course, uh, kind of get things up and running. But about five minutes left here in the show. I do want to thank Fort Dorchester for allowing us to be a part of their day today and be a part of their campus tour because what they do over there, well, it's quite big, not only in the classrooms but around the fields from anything and everything that they put their hands on seems to kind of be a winning situation over there at the Fort course. Uh, I want to thank the principal, Mr. Tripp Aldridge, who allowed us to be a part of their afternoon here on a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. They got it. Boy, the ladies deserved it. They got it, and uh, it was as advertised. What a good time. Uh, they were able to really, honestly, these ladies had a great weekend when it comes to weather. No humidity and no rain here in the great state of South Carolina, at least in Somerville. It was beautiful all weekend long. Um, I do also want to thank the uh, athletic director, also the head football coach, Steve LaFrad, joined us at 7 o'clock. He and, of course, uh, Miss Beth have been doing great things in that program. And I mentioned one because without one, you don't get the other one, and, you know, she puts a lot of hours and energies in the stands and going around town and, and of course, uh, having to wear that hat. Being the first lady, if you will, there in the athletic world. Uh, as uh, It comes with a heavy territory, as the coaches' wives do as well. And I want to say this. Remember this. If you're in the stands, you don't know who's around you. That could be their wives. That could be their husbands. So let's keep our comments to a minimum of zero at that. Of course, Coach Ronnie Sayers joined us five years on the program over there at the Ford. He's been running that baseball program in style, and he was poised to have another big season. Of course, as he uh, looked around and, and really thought he had the year ahead of him, and, of course, uh, he'll have to put that one on hold, and we'll see next year uh, what it brings to the table. But he has already so many young men heading to the next level of the senior class. Like we mentioned, we just had one, but we got nine to go, as we'll have each and every one of them that want to come on, come on here with us. Uh, no matter the day, as long as we're on the air, it's definitely an opportunity for them to join. Then, of course, we had Miss Jasmine Quinn. She ran track at the fort. She's ran track at Kentucky. She's ran in the Olympics. She's training once again. She's sponsored by Nike. This is a profession and an opportunity for us. So we're excited to uh, get in here with her on a regular basis. And maybe Robert checks in with us. Maybe we get that Southern Sports Central one-on-one 
race over at the fort. So we'll see if we can put that together. And then without further ado, we did uh, get a drop by by Mr. Pat Montes. He's heading to North Greenville. He plays for the Fort Worcester Patriots. He's the Class of 22 Spotlight Athlete here tonight on Southern Sports Central. So, you know, it's been a great show. We've had, we do have a program alert for you. I know we like to do a campus tour on Sundays, but we're going to gas the bus up, and we're heading to Saluda, South Carolina. We're going to head up to Saluda, where, don't forget, in football, they won a state championship. In baseball, they've got over, if I'm not mistaken, 11 seniors on this baseball team. And one of those seniors, by the way, if you remember, passed away during the offseason in between the baseball and football season was a car wreck. So we'll highlight him as well as the other seniors of that baseball program. We'll get in with the football players and a few coaches and hopefully the principal, the athletic director. We're really going to wrap our arms around Saluda on Tuesday. So uh, expect that if you're listening. You want to hear about Saluda, and uh, we're going to help you with that as well. So it's been a great show. We greatly appreciate the love, the attention, and our bus. We'll now travel back here to the studio, and we'll come on back, and we'll gas it back up to head to Saluda High School. That's right here in the state of South Carolina on Tuesday night. So on behalf of Eugene Benton, I'm Richie Alvin, and to those over at Oceanside and Coach Nate, we love you, Coach. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. We, without a doubt, are going to pray with you throughout the night. If there's anything we can do, let us know, guys. It's been a great one. We wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day. What's left of it, enjoy it, soak it up, kick your feet up, and enjoy the remainder of the night. This has been a great opportunity for us to get out and about. We want to thank the factory and fitness training facilities over there at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan, South Carolina. The Tip Farm, located at 7634 South Wall Road in North Charleston. Somerville Signs. Number to call for all of your signs and your needs is 843-779-5853. Gurns Pharmacy. Located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can find them at GurinsPharmacy.com. And without last but not least, Simmons Barbershop, the oldest barbershop in the great town of Somerville and all around. Check them out. Once they open the doors, I'm sure it'll be a packed house. But you can find them at 139 North Main Street, Somerville, South Carolina, guys. On behalf of all of us, to all of you, we say God bless. Take care. We'll see you live again right here on Tuesday night. We, again, want to find our thoughts and our prayers to everybody who is dealing with a little something extra tonight. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.